Hey everybody, welcome back to the second week of the Technobabble review slash old archive restoration slash making things easier for new listeners as well as... We're still really busy and not really ready to do new episodes. Yeah, well, not yet, but we do <laughs> want to give you some new content, so uh, this is the second part well, of our weekly old new. history new of old. Technobabble. Yeah, new and old at the same time. We're revolutionary here at Technobabble. The faces of Janus looking to the present and the past. Wasn't he the door guy? Isn't he the god of doors? Janus? You're thinking of Morrison. <laughs> it's a good one. So anyways, now that we've established how Technobabble began and how I came to be a part of the, uh, the Geek Fallout network, as this was part of several shows on the network, and... This was just my introduction to podcasts in general, as well as your introduction to, well, me. <laughs> so, once the ball got rolling, you had had me on the show as a guest for two episodes. Yeah, two or three. And yeah. it was on the third episode that you asked me to just, you know, be the co-host. Uh, what spurred that? Was it a conversation with you and Chris, or did you just do that on your own? Or, like, whose decision was it, and how did that happen? Yeah, because wasn't Chris on it for the first episode or two? He was on it for the first two with me. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, I believe, I think that was um, a combination of, like, I knew from uh, podcasting with Chris in the past um, that basically it's... I knew from podcasting with him in the past that, like, he's not that technologically capable, or at least not in the same same way that I am. He's a little bit older than me, but he's just, he's not as hardcore techie. He's a hardcore trekkie, not a techie. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so he was more into yeah. technology that doesn't exist. Yes, exactly, and stories, <laughs> and he's an author and whatnot, so... Um, yeah, I just felt a little bit better to uh, have somebody that enjoyed these things as much as me. Yeah, and I was pretty, I was pretty happy. It was my first promotion. Of course, it would be for a job that didn't pay. Your first and only promotion, pretty much. <laughs> as of as of this recording, true. But still, I was excited that you know somebody liked me enough to have me around because. Uh, Low self-esteem issues, but we don't want to get into that. So, you had me on the show, and, uh, you know, interesting things came up as we started to not just discover, not just me discovering podcasting and us discovering each other, uh, you came to discover other facets of recording with me, didn't you? Yes, um, when we first uh, started recording... You were living in the basement of your current house. Well, yes. You're, yeah, you were recording down there anyway. Um, and uh, there were a lot of creaks coming from above ground. That's, and that was, was the problem really of annoying. a microphone. It, it picked up everything. Yes, and even back then, too, you didn't have your... Uh, you've got a little bit of uh, sound absorption... Uh, around your microphone, and I think you've got a pop filter now as well, don't you? No, I just have like a nice little uh, styrofoam 
yeah. dome. Okay, so you've got like the, a Jimmy yeah, hat for yeah. my microphone. Yeah, the uh, sound absorption, yes. So um, you're a lot better now, and you've moved rooms, but uh, back then it was very difficult and frustrating to um, podcast with you because of the post-production I would have to uh, try and edit out and uh, de-amplify or, you know, you do whatever I could to get those out of there because they just annoyed me. Well, you heard more than just creaks. Like, let's get into it. What what, what else did you uh, come to realize was going on around me? Uh, that you were recording from your red room? No, the vacuuming. Remember that? Thank you. I had just just got that out of my memory thank you so much <laughs> yeah yes we I recorded pretty late like what 10 or 11 at night and then that's like when some people time, decided that's it's a good time morning. to clean the fucking house well of course and then like arguments like apparently like being an entire floor away doesn't matter when the floors are like super thin but as soon as you went and got uh, that little sound absorption cone thing that you got and I know there's a real name for it and someone will eventually correct us and tell us we're morons for not knowing it but it's totally there it's just and like a pop filter it and it worked now no pop filters for the air in front well it's not like anyway. it well yeah the little condom then right so Anyways, that like picked up a whole <laughs> wow. lot of sound stuff. So we had that to deal with, as well as, uh, well, we experimented with your sound mixer for a bit, which was good for a yes. couple of episodes until it just really fucked up our uh, our ability to understand each other. The are you talking about the um, software one? Yeah, yeah, that software one was pretty fun for a couple episodes, and then yeah. It definitely, something happened, uh, maybe it was a, uh, a trial version or something, but something happened and uh, made it very difficult to use, unfortunately. So we had to go back to the old-fashioned way, uh, back to the old post-editing, and, uh, you know, keep going from there. Yep, and uh, an interesting thing had developed. I had originally wanted to do a show of some kind with my friend Ben, who lives in the uh, States, and... He, like, you know how some friends are, they're just lazy, like you want to do stuff with them, and you know they'd be great for it, but they just don't see the uh, the motivation in it. Which is pretty much basically how you felt with everyone around you before you met me, when you tried to get yeah. this show off the road, right? Yeah, 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 to a certain extent, I guess. Yeah, so he wasn't, uh, he wasn't down for it, but then when he started listening to the first few episodes of Technobabble... That's when he just decided, well, okay. And somebody had suggested to him a while this ago. sounds fun. Like, uh, I think we want to just review bad movies. Like, just, you know, not for, uh, to make a career out of it or anything, but just to, you know, hang out with my friend, shoot the shit, do some bad ideas, just get used to podcasting and, you know, get the, uh, get the experience up. And someone had suggested, why don't you just, like, he is the, uh, he posted... Uh, what, are we ju- what am I going to do with all these Nintendo powers? And people were suggesting like a bonfire or origami. And someone just said, why don't you do a podcast where you read them? And I re- like this was one of those things where I was just like, I would do that. But he was just like, no, I'll think about it. 
which was basically, I'm too lazy to do it. Huh. But then he heard me and you on the show, and I guess, like, that was the uh, the final straw for him, where he's just like, like, he knew that, like, you know, we got along great, like, we got each other's humor. But, you know, sometimes you just need to see an idea and practice, even though you know it's good. You just yep. need that, you just, you just need to hear it to get that one final push to go, all right, it's on. And that's when we had just decided to start doing that show, and that led to Playing With Power, and we even had him on this show, didn't we? Yeah, it was on a couple episodes that we recorded very, very late at night, and they take a long time, and it's 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 very long time to record Playing With Power. <laughs> it's a little so late long. right now, but you know, it took us a while to get some sound tests done, so... <laughs> You know, you're going to be, uh, Rich is a little depleted right now, but I'm going to do what I can to uh, drag him to the finish <laughs> line. <laughs> <laughs> so, Technobabble had gone on for about uh, a couple of weeks. We had some weeks where we couldn't record, weeks where we did record, some days where we, some weeks we didn't record, and then some days we recorded two or three episodes because we were just on a roll. Yeah, those are fun days. And uh, I got to discover the Good News Network when I was looking for technological developments, and I made it part of a, uh, a semi-regular thing on the show, which I hope to make oh, a, uh, it was regular. as a regular thing for the for the uh, revival episode, which will be coming up uh, very soon. And but uh, I guess we got to end this with how Technobabble kind of came to end, and the uh, the long limbo. And uh, this came as a uh, bit of a surprise to me because we were just making episodes and then we didn't. And it turns out you just had like a big pile of life stuff. Like no need to get specific because, well, if we went into specifics, this would be another 10 minutes at least. Yeah. Uh, Life just decided to uh, kick me in the face for a little while and... um... You know, unfortunately, life takes priority uh, over podcasting, and I, I didn't have any time to podcast anymore for a little while. So now I'm back. I've been still doing a little bit of part-time podcasting on the uh, previous Geek Fallout show uh, with uh, Calvin and Chris. But uh, yeah, I decided to bring back uh, Techno Battle with you. Well, we can get to that part later, but uh, this was just. What led, like, I was kind of what? like Lenny from Of Mice and Men, where I think everything is fine, but you were the one that's just like, oh, no, no, this is, this, this is, this has got to stop. And like, well, I'm, an I'm just playing by the field, and I'm like, tell me about the rabbits, Rich. And you're like, well, see the, uh, we're going to get a farm, we're going to get some bunnies, they're going to hop all over the place, and little do I know you're pulling the revolver out of your back pocket. Is this a metaphor for something? Mice and Men. You never saw that movie? No. It was fucking great. It was about George and Lenny. And one, like, George, like, these were these two guys who had a dream that they were going to work hard at a farm, save up money, and buy their own little piece of land. And, you know, it was sort of, like, symbolic of the American dream, where if you work hard, dedicate yourself, that your hard work will be rewarded, and that prosperity is guaranteed if you only show determination and focus but as they work for this farmhand one of the uh, the daughters she starts how is this longer than me talking about my shitty life well now i need to explain <laughs> some shit to you because this is learning time okay so 
uh, uh, Lenny is the simple guy. He's like a big, strong goof. And, you know, he means well, but he doesn't know his own strength. And he keeps, like, a, a dead rabbit in his pocket. He thinks it's alive. Like, but, like, he doesn't realize that he petted it too hard. And so this, uh, this girl, she decides to hit on him for fun, just to have fun with the simpleton. And he starts, like, petting her hair, and she's like, so, like, starts telling him, like, no, it's too hard. And, like, she gets mad at him, and then he kind of, like, has a little, a little freak out. And he ends up killing her. And everyone wants to lynch him. Like, it is, like, they want to kill the big strong guy. And George, just like, you know what, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take care of him. It won't be a problem. Because he knows that these people, like, they've been teasing Lenny throughout the entire book or movie, whichever one. And he knows that they're not just going to, like, kill him. They're going to, like, hurt him. They're going to make him suffer. It's going to be really, really bad. And he loves his friend. And he knows that, like, it's it's got to stop, but he wants to do it peacefully. So he takes Lenny to the creek, and that's when Lenny's just like, tell me about the rabbits, George. And he goes like, yeah, we're going to make a farm. It's just going to be us. We're going to have all different sorts of rabbits. And that's when he pulls the gun out of his pocket, and he shoots Lenny in the head. It's a very touching, heartwarming story. It's from George Steinbeck's novel of Mice and Men. And if you read novels or just check the movie, they're both... They're both very heartwarming, and uh, they're great movies. It's a great story. And also, Lenny is the motivation for the abominable snowman. You know, when he's like, which way did they go, George? Which way did they go? Hmm. You know that guy? Mm -hmm. That's from mm -hmm. Mice and Men. <laughs> Even when he's like, tell me about the rabbits, George. I'm going to hug him and pet him and squeeze him. From the Looney Tunes. Yeah, Looney Tunes was making fun. Of, they were taking, uh, yeah, it was inspiration from Of Mice and Men. And it's from the phrase, the greatest plans of mice and men. I forget how it goes, but it basically means they can turn to shit. Because the whole hmm. story was the fact that the American dream isn't for everyone. George and Lenny worked hard at the farm, but, you know, their hard work meant nothing. An accident or something out of their control means that all their dreams just don't matter. They'll never come true. It's not really uplifting, I'll tell you that, but... Yeah. Anyway, that's kind of yeah. like how I felt when Technobabble was just like unceremoniously ended. We didn't get to do a final episode. We didn't get to say goodbye. It's just like I was at the stream thinking like, man, we're just going to keep doing this forever. And you're just pulling the revolver out of your pocket thinking like... Yep, it's just going to be you and me, buddy. We're just going to like uh, we're going to we're, we're going to make so many episodes. We're going to be reading so many stories and articles and we're going to talk about them and it's all going to be bang. That's really funny actually. I totally get it now. Well, it only it, took you like 5 and a half minutes to explain it. Well, considering that it's either a 2-hour movie or a or like a a, a a several hundred page novel, I think I did a pretty good summation. Plus, yes. you know, literature. So, you know what? Learning. That's what you're doing on this show. You're learning. You're, you're Join learning us next week for Lit Babble with Mike. Welcome to Literature Babble. That's what I just said. Oh, your Mine voice cut much up. cooler. <laughs> lit Battle. Ah. Babble. Lit, lit Babble, battles. not Battle. Although, Lit RPGs are epic. So, that's kind of like how Lit <laughs> Babble 
the glory days and then the uh the next part of behind the music when things weren't going to go things weren't the music wasn't going to last forever bum, bum, bum. you can clearly tell from listening to this that things have obviously evolved <laughs> yes we've definitely become a more concise clean podcasting machine so <laughs> stay tuned for next week when we talk about the uh the revival and uh What's coming up and what happened to the network? And, well, as much as we're able to say. So, enjoy this episode and the rest of the week. And we'll see you soon. Bye. You are listening to a Geek Fallout production in association with... Atomic Geeks Broadcasting Network. You're listening to Technobabble, the Geek Follow Technology News and Discussion Podcast, where we talk about everything from mobile devices and PCs to video games and everything in between. Hello, and welcome to episode six of Playing with Technobabble. Oh, wait, this is uh, play, uh, Geek Fallout Technobabble, not to be confused with my other podcast even though it is a special crossover episode we uh with me is my uh co-host for this show please introduce yourself wait which show me me yeah. or, me or him this show this show <laughs> yeah that's why it's you which show are we on again i can't remember <laughs> i've been i've been watching all the flash and arrow crossovers and now there's too many crossovers we've crossed uh, <laughs> we've crossed the streams <laughs> oh, the podcast of tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah uh me again richard here down for another week of uh tech babble with uh my buddy mike and uh we have a non chris guest this week don't we yep. that's right yep this is my co-host from the other podcast i do which would explain my 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 bad acting confusion the uh co-host of the playing with power podcast uh, please introduce yourself. Hi, this is Ben. Happy to be on. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to finally combine these two together so I can fill my quota for the week and not have to leave anybody out. <laughs> now, I am riding particularly high today because Rich showed me something last night on the Geek Fallout Productions Facebook page. I got a fan post. A guy named Mike Stewart said he's been listening to every episode, and it's one he'll be sticking with. So, this... listening to every episode, like that's really hard at this point. We've only <laughs> had five. I've caught up to all five. All five. Wow. <laughs> and uh, that's dedication, right there. Yeah. Thanks. Now, Mike. is yeah. he just a fan because his name's also Mike? <laughs> I that's what I was wondering if it was just preferential treatment or not, but. It seems like uh, he likes the show. He's mentioned that he's also going to be listening to the Playing With Power podcast. I didn't hear if he liked it or not, but he's listening to it, so yay, super fan. This, ep this episode is dedicated to Mike Stewart's super fan and, uh, you know, a guy that makes my day. When he said, like, he liked the uh, Tech Fallout show, I felt like, oh, man, I'm ballin'. And then he said he was going to be listening to the Playing with Power podcast, and I'm like, oh man, I'm like double balling, like full scrotum action, like two balls. Oh, That's, wow. Uh... The opposite of blue balls. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. So I just thought, like, what could describe how I'm feeling? Like, what? I, I, like, I'm feeling great two ways. 
So I just figured out this could best personify how I'm feeling. So that's me. <laughs> I got to tell you, Mike, I'm a little disappointed. I was, I was looking forward to hear you sing that. <laughs> I can only sing one song at a time, so I had to get these two to sing together. I see. He only gets one karaoke uh, riff per episode, so he's saving that for later. Oh, yeah. he's waiting, for, waiting to fill his quota to the end. Yep, yeah. The, yep, the night's still young. <laughs> I only get to do one song and or cartoon voice impersonation, so... I'll just have to see what develops, but I didn't want to blow my wad anytime soon. <laughs> okay, so, uh, Ben, you are the guest, so we'll have you open up the floor for interesting thing in technology. Sure. Um, well, thanks for having me kick it off. So first I'm going to tell a little bit of a personal story, and then I'll get into the news article because it's, it's related. So uh, my dad... And my parents, I, I've advised them to get Apple products um, because it means no work for me. <laughs> and if they have any, I don't. <laughs> it's true. You know what it is. If you're like the at-home tech guy, like you're constantly getting called, oh, I can't figure out this thing, or they're blaming you. Why is this stop working? You know. It's so true. My dad just got a Mac. And the funny thing is, is it means no work for me, but it also means even if he wanted my help, I wouldn't know what to do. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I don't have a... I don't know anything about Macs. iOS, I can handle. Mac, right. you put me in front of a Mac computer, I'm lost. Uh, yep. Before you go on, <laughs> sure. there is this, there's this uh, Canadian comedy troupe called Three Dead Trolls in a Baggie, and there's uh, some uh, skits of them online. And one of them is a tech support guy. And he's dealing with, uh, like, you know, the typical, prototypical stupid customer. He's like, did you turn it off, turn it on again, blah, blah, blah. And as he, then he gets frustrated and he goes, okay, do you have a 12-year-old in the house? Put them on. Yeah. Hi, hi, Ed, did you flush the cash? Okay, so what's the problem? Okay, well, uh, okay, well, here's how you do it, all right? You, you get what I'm saying? Then he, you know, like, just fixes the problem. And then he goes, oh, by the way, if, uh, if this happens up again, just tell your parents to get a Mac. It's a computer for idiot. I mean, mommies and daddies. <laughs> well the best feature about the mac to me is again i don't have a mac so i can't help them and i get to go oh you can just take it to the store and they have geniuses there to help you yeah right? that's true so i got them on the mac train years ago and that's been wonderful for me um <laughs> so naturally they wanted to when the apple tv came out i was like oh this is a nice gift to give them for christmas you know i can hook it up on their tv and uh, you know they can get their photos and music on it and Netflix and whatnot, right? So they've had that for years. And of course, Apple has uh, in, in their uh, insurance policy to make sure you buy their new products, they update the software so much to the point that it's so slow it's unusable, yep. which, be, which is what happened. Oh, I hate that so much. So, you know, the, the bitching about the slowness of it eventually compounded over the last few months or so. And I had a slightly newer Apple TV and uh, so I went to go install that, and there was something wrong with that one. So they were like, okay, what do we do here, right? And, um, well, against my advice, they went and bought the new Apple TV. And the new Apple TV is a totally different beast. It has its own TV OS on it, right? You could download apps to it. You can hook up a game controller to it. It's like mm -hmm. a real little computer, right? 
Sounds so it's, cool. It, it's kind of like the Amazon one or what a bunch of the Android boxes are doing. Basically, they're yeah. just copying everybody else once again, but making it prettier and more expensive. Yeah, it costs, you know, 150 US dollars plus. Yeah. So $200 later, he, of course, he has to get the 64 gig version, right? He brings it home and they they you tell me I, I got to come install it. So I'm installing this thing and whatnot. And, and the first thing I notice, I look at the back of this thing and there is no digital audio port like they had on the previous versions. And I'm going, hmm, I guess it just sends audio over the HDMI signal, right? So like no optical, you mean? No optical yeah, there's audio? Yeah, no, there's no optical audio. They just okay. decided not to have it at all. So I hook it all up and whatnot just to find out, of course, that their uh, receiver does not support audio over HDMI. I'm like, shit. So they paid $200 for this thing, and now they're expected to go buy a, a new receiver just to get the freaking uh, audio to work. That's ridiculous. Isn't yeah, there a, so, uh, an, is, wouldn't there be like a little adapter dongle that you could attach to a down converted or something? I, there, there's, no, there's no solution. They, just, they don't offer a solution for it. So the, oh, well, the only Apple. solution I could find online was super hacky. I got it to work where like you um, use the AirPlay feature to uh, stream the audio from the new Apple TV to the old Apple TV, which is, <laughs> which is then hooked up oh to the God. audio cable. If That's ridiculous. If your if your new Apple TV sits on your old Apple TV, you <laughs> might be a redneck. Yeah. <clears throat> so wisely, my dad said, "No, we're not. If any kind of hacking this is going on, we're just gonna return this damn thing." So he did, and uh, it turns out my the only thing wrong with the the second Apple TV I gave him was the was the audio cable. So that ends up working out fine. But anyways, like he, when he returned it. You know, he t- told him why. Look, you don't have an audio port in this thing, and this is why I'm returning this. You know, <clears throat> and the guy was like, "Oh yeah, I've been hearing this a lot." You know, and uh, this isn't the first time Apple's done this. They removed ports. They removed the uh, ability to have a CD drive or a DVD drive on their iMacs and laptops. And if you get one of the Apple MacBook Airs, they don't even have a connection for like an Ethernet cable, so you got to buy an adapter for that. You gotta buy adapters for everything for Apple. You gotta get it's different ridiculous. power cables every couple of years, right? So I was thinking about this. I'm like, man, this is such a stupid move for them to do. You're trying to upgrade from one thing to the next. Like this would just be like if they remove the audio port on the iPhone, and literally the next day, here is a rumor saying iPhone 7 to lose 3.5 millimeter headphone port in favor of Lightning port. <laughs> what? Apple, and here's the article. What? Apple's ah. next iPhone will be so thin that the company has decided to ditch the standard 3.5 millimeter headphone port for the first time since the iPhone's 2007 inception from a reasonably accurate Japanese blog. That's got, that's got to be like a prank. The move should help Apple's engineers shave off another millimeter of thickness or so, reports a publication adding that users will instead connect wireless headphones over Bluetooth or compatible wired headphones over the lightning port. Because they work. Because they work. (laughs) Well, I have Bluetooth wireless uh, headphones, and they're actually pretty awesome. I use them all the time. But not everybody can afford them, and... Mm -hmm. You know, like also what if your headphones die and you're not around a charger and you really want to finish listening to the Playing With Power podcast, you know, like what are you going to do? <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> but well, you have to go it, buy a, yeah, an adapter or something, I guess. That's so ridiculous that they would do that, and all to save, you know, an extra millimeter when they just went through this whole Apple Bendgate thing, where their phones are so thin already that they're bending and breaking. So now you want to make it more thin? That's that seems kind of like a, a step in the wrong direction to me. It's just awful. <laughs> I don't have any joker insight. It's just a, it's just awful. Yeah, well, uh, that's retarded. Yeah, it's like you guys talked about on an earlier uh, episode where you talked about how each phone is getting thinner but also whiter. Well, apparently they're so obsessed with this, they're getting rid of the headphone jack. And then yeah. I, I kind of find it ironic because then they just buy Beats Audio. So they everyone so they have no, all these people it was the out HP, there. HP, wasn't their, it? HP no, they bought, bought the, Beats, didn't it? No, no, no. Um, Apple bought Beats. They bought the Dr. Oh, Dre. no, it was HP licensed it for a while, eh? Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, that, that was it. Yeah, so you have those people with their trendy $300 Beats Audio headphones that now when the new iPhone comes out, they're going to have to buy all new ones. <laughs> so time. Ugh. Okay. Well, way to go Apple. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my article. I, I found that, uh, highly ironic given the timing of, of what happened with my yeah, really. Apple TV. Uh, Apple, you poor disappointing bastards. I thought you were, I honestly thought you were going to say that, uh, the guy was going to be like, Oh, well they actually just came out with this adapter that'll let you do this. <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> okay, Rich, uh, your turn. What have you brought to the round table today? Uh, well, um, have you boys heard of Google's new venture with YouTube called YouTube Red? I uh, heard vaguely. And no, about it's it, not but... porn. Yes, I have it. You have it? The Red yeah, Tube well... the Red Tube or the YouTube? Not RedTube, <laughs> YouTube Red. I didn't like go out of my way to buy it. I have the uh, Google Music, um, like the streaming subscription. Oh, and like if you have Google the Google Music, music you get YouTube Red for free. Yeah, Google Play Music. Really? You get, yeah, you get it for free. Oh, and okay. So before we get into what I'm going to say here, then what are your impressions on YouTube Red? Uh, it lets you download YouTube videos for offline use, which is kind of nice. Well, you can do that anyway with the right app on Android anyway. Uh, I'm sure, but it's it's more convenient. That's I mean, and I tried out like the, the YouTube music thing and that was a, that was worthless. <laughs> YouTube music. Yeah, they have a separate app for music now. Really? Well, then what's the red thing then? <laughs> it's like well, the it, I, I really <laughs> like the idea for the YouTube music or for for YouTube uh red. One of the things that they were saying is they allow uh, background play now. Yeah. And that really sounds cool on a cell phone because I know that um, there's a lot of people that I know that use YouTube to purely listen to music. Mm -hmm. But having to have your phone A, screen on all the time, and then also be inside of the YouTube app and, and not be able to do anything else is really you know, like kind of no, counterintuitive. Yeah, it eats a battery and demands your screen is on, so you can't just put it in your pocket. Yeah, well, not even just that, but I mean, like, if you're listening to some some music on YouTube, you know, and you want to start writing an email, unless you have a Samsung where you can split the screen or some other um, device that lets you run two apps at the exact same yeah, time, yeah, your phone you're completely can, screwed. You, you can you only do that one thing. Yeah, exactly. So that was one of the features that I thought was pretty cool. But uh, but you you like it, Ben? 
Uh, I mean, I don't really use it. <laughs> but you <laughs> notice that there's no ads anywhere. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, there's no ads. I mean, I didn't. I wouldn't go. I would not pay ten dollars a month for it. Put it that way. It's fine. It's nice that it's free with my subscription to Google Play Music. But there's no way I would pay ten dollars a month for it. Do you I have think kids? you have to be a super like YouTube fanatic to to want to to want to pay that money. Do you have kids? Yes. How old are they, if you don't mind me asking? I have, uh, what, what age range? I've one that's almost three, and the other one's a he's a eight month old baby. Okay, so we're almost in the same area here, because uh, I have two children as mm-hmm. well in that uh, general age range, and I find like we don't we don't have Netflix. We use mm. uh, XBMC or Cody as it's now called, um, and like we do have cable, but we literally only use it for one channel. For the kids and that's it and i think both me and my wife both hate every single show on that channel because they're all all these kids shows are so annoying now so what we do a lot of the time is we use youtube we'll use the chromecast hooked up to the tv and you know throw on a two hour you know or an hour compilation of mickey mouse clubhouse or of dora or whatever like all those compilations that people upload to youtube um, but one thing that I find extremely annoying because I'm a big YouTube person, I, I, ha- I go through a lot of YouTube content all, all week. That's where I get the majority of my content is YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. All my, all my information on my news, I watch wow. trailers, I watch different, um, quote unquote shows, uh, wrestling with regret, um, the TFL car, <laughs> like all, on, all of on. these wrestling with regret. Do they literally wrestle? <laughs> no, no, it's it's a guy who who is there a guy named Regret? No. <laughs> it's like the Undertaker, but that would be great. It's it's a rant show, basically. Okay, never mind, never mind. But uh, <laughs> you know, like I I I you know digest a lot of YouTube content, so for me, those ads get extremely annoying. So for both me and my children, I'm I I've seriously thought about getting it. Now this this uh, little piece of news here that I have might actually turn your favor. Uh, a little more in the, um, uh, I guess, favor of YouTube here. Um, So they have recently announced that they are approaching Hollywood studios to require licenses for movies and television shows to be able to stream on YouTube. They have basically now pledged war against Netflix, Hulu, Amazon... Uh, and all the other streaming services, what they're looking to do is become the, the you know, one app to rule them all. They want to have the biggest content offering because if you think about it, they already have all of the standard, you know, quote unquote, YouTube TV shows or the YouTube shows of, you know, YouTube users producing 20, 30 minute content. Um, then on top of that, you have uploaded videos of just, you know, cats. Uh, or whatever. And the rap battles uh, and like... Other, yeah, and uh, like all this other stuff. Plus, there already is movie... They already have movies and stuff for rent on YouTube. Um, as well as the fact that apparently they're now using... Google has decided to use the Google Play uh, Music and Google Play Movies um, uh, licenses that they have already with these studios to negotiate new terms for YouTube. Mm. Which basically means they're going to be having... Um, a lot more movies and TV shows. So for nine ninety nine a month, you not only get uh, no ads, but you also get background play, 
and you get all of this new content so you'd be able to watch all of these movies tv shows and in october and i actually didn't hear about this back in october but in october they announced that they are going to be making first party movies and television shows much like um netflix does now starting with at least 10 new projects in 2016 Mm. So they're going to be producing all their own TV and movie now as well for that's going to be exclusive to YouTube Red, and that will be the only piece you will be able to get it, and only if you pay. I wonder if they'll have DC-exclusive content to rival Marvel's Netflix content. That would be cool. That that would be pretty cool, but uh, Warner Brothers, I'm sure, probably has uh, ties to another service already. I'm sure they've probably got their their hands in hulu or something that they'll probably back right, right? Or, would, or they'll go with the new cbs with star uh, star trek i would love to Holster see like up a, that i would love to see like an adult rated catwoman series on youtube <laughs> we got that as a movie already and it was horrible remember no no a series and a good one <laughs> so that's two marked differences <laughs> I, I i thought that this was pretty cool though it it brings uh, actual meaning to the 9.99 a month other than just right. no ads because the no ads is already almost tempting enough for me at least because i've especially since they announced youtube red i think they've actually upped the amount of ads that they play per mm. um per video because like i remember a little while ago i was watching um i think they were like minute and a half two minute little quick videos of whatever it was and every time i was trying to load a one minute two minute video it would come up with a 30, 30 second ad or a two minute ad every single time. And I'm just like, ad. come on, like you just, I just watched a 30 second ad. Now I'm going to watch a one minute video and you're going to make me watch a two minute ad just so I can watch another 30 second video. Right. You, uh, you seem to cut out a bit. Uh, ben, did you hear any uh, cut out from Richard? I did. Okay. So it's not me. All right. Sorry. What? This time you, it's uh, not. Yeah, you got a little tinny and cut out quite a few times in that last uh, that last sentence. Oh, so I wanted sorry. to make sure that I wasn't that it wasn't something on my end that only I was hearing it. Okay, so now my offering I found uh, quite a few, but uh, this one has like a nice little backstory. Uh, uh, you must have uh, heard the Warren G and Nate Dog song, "The Regulators." Mount up. Do I have to have heard it? <laughs> well, it. It would be nice because it's a good song, but uh, essentially it's uh... okay. I thought you were gonna like break. I thought you were gonna like. I just did the whistle at the beginning of the song. Regulators, <laughs> mount up! Oh my god, is that the one that has Michael McDonald in it? No, but I I sent you a remix that had Mike McDonald and that combined called "Keep Forgetting to Regulate." <laughs> it's freaking fantastic. <laughs> Y'all won't be there. Quota filled. (laughs) Damn it. I I blew my wish. (laughs) Well, anyway, uh, Wikipedia had a a problem with edits on that because one guy, he put out, it was so good it ended up in in a cracked article. He described, instead of just like the history of like how the song got written and uh, produced and like a video and all that, you know, typical Wikipedia stuff, he described the entire song, but with like, uh, I guess the term would be like loquacious perspicacity. Just like, Jesus. 
like just using so many words to describe the entire plot of the song from start to end. It's about like seven paragraphs long. And uh, Wikipedia is just like, this is a, like, this is a parody. It's not meant for a comedy, blah, blah, blah. And it got changed. But Wikipedia keeps its edit history. So if you uh, look for it <laughs> enough, like just look for the regulator song and just look through the edit history, you can find it's uh, quite hilarious how it's done. Now, to but that's that... too much liquidity. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, too much liquidity for Wikipedia. Wikipedia, those, those I, I, words to find out what they mean. I believe, yeah, the really. I believe the term is loquaciousness. Loquaciousness. That sounds like... Um, sounds like yeah, a bad mind. stripper name. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I was, I was going to go there, but I'm like, no, I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's, it's the nerdy stripper. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so to that end, uh, Wikipedia has devised an AI service that will hunt for damaging edits. And it was announced Monday on the Wikimedia blog that we are announcing the release of an artificial intelligence service designed to improve the way that editors maintain the quality of Wikipedia. And uh, it's referred to by the San Francisco bureau chief, uh, Tom Samante, as software trained to know the difference between an honest mistake and intentional vandalism. Now, there's a whole lot of questions that gets risen with this software like how does it know if you're shitting it like like if you're telling it bears can fly or that shoes taste like lemons <laughs> where, where is its background uh, analysis that it can be like yep it's on the level or nope and uh it the uh the ai service is called ores o-r-e-s objective revision evaluation service and uh it allows editors to triage facts from the torrent of new edits and review them with increased scrutiny. So how does it know if the edit is intentionally damaging and not just an unintentional slip? Uh, one of the uh, people says it uses an article quality assessment as an example. Like the AI's false or not damaging probability score is 0.8037. Well, it's true popular, well, it's true or damaging probability score is something else. Now, some of the older tools could not tell the difference between a malicious edit and an honest error. And it says another key plus delivered by this is that it will help avoid turning off newbies who sincerely want to participate. According to the blog, we hope to pave the way for experimentation with new tools and processes uh, that are both efficient and welcoming to new editors. So... I don't know. It doesn't seem to say exactly how it can tell if you're lying, but I just think that the idea of a, uh, like, I don't think, I never came across too many edits in Wikipedia that would demand this, but then again, I'm not running the thing, so. Hmm. Uh, have any of you come across any particularly juicy Wikipedia vandalizations? Nope. I don't Did even it, look um... for anything like that, personally. Didn't um, the most entertaining Wikipedia article I've ever read, by the way, is the uh, and I don't know if I'm allowed to say this on this podcast is the Wikipedia article for the word fuck. <laughs> oh, you could definitely say that on this podcast. It is uh, there is like a hundred million <laughs> like ways to use that word in a sentence, and uh, most of them are hilarious on the <laughs> Wikipedia page. I don't know if they still have it that way, but that was uh, a diversion for one fun evening. 
does it back does, in the day does it ever cite the um i remember when the uh when i first got the internet one of the uh, first comedy mp3s i got was called uh the usage of fuck and it just shows like it can be used as an interrogative what the fuck it can be used as it can be used as emphatic i remember uh, that fuck. it can be used as a verb john yeah. john fucked early it can be used it can be used to denote fraud i got fucked at the used car lot yeah, I remember that actually. I I think I had that too. That was pretty funny. Or I watched the, a YouTube video or something with that in it. That's pretty I'm pretty funny. sure that uh, for real though, I'm pretty sure that Stephen Colbert, the uh, talk show host, uh, a few years ago, he like sent his viewers and minions off to go edit the Wikipedia page for either himself or something else, and uh, try to get it to stay there. To like, oh, and he, and then like the next broadcast, he showed up like, oh, it's fact now, you know. <laughs> I've changed it, therefore it is it's on Wikipedia, you know. Yeah, the most prominent one that uh, I saw was uh, Weird Al, where for uh, doing white and nerdy, because uh, well, he's a a quick cutaway is so like in his uh, verses, like I copyright all my media, I edit Wikipedia, and it shows him mm. doing that. But he's editing the Atlantic Records, uh, the Atlantic uh, Universal uh, webpage, <laughs> and it's just big blue letters, you suck. That's so nice. <laughs> and that's because uh, he wasn't allowed to include his take on uh, James Blunt's You're Beautiful to You're Pitiful. He was, able, he was able to record the song, but he wasn't able to release it on the album because Atlantic Records refused, even though James Blunt was just like, yes, you can do this. What I, are you talking about? I, that's on the album. No, it's not. It totally is. I downloaded the album. It was on there. He 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 came. He later released an album called uh, uh, like uh, Internet Leaks or something. It was like five singles, but they weren't on his uh, run. Uh, no, it wasn't Running with Scissors. Uh, the uh, follow up to that, his major album could not have that on it. So he released a bunch of singles online and uh, put out a, a digital EP. So that's the one you've got. But he wasn't able to put it on the record. So just as a quick joke, he put down, you suck, on the, uh, in the video. But this led to thousands of uh, close personal friends of Al to just vandalize the ever-loving shit out of the Atlantic Records w Wikipedia. And they had to lock it because people were just kept altering it to you suck. So uh, I can kind of see why they would need this software, because you know sometimes people are jerks. Sure. So back to me. I <laughs> back to you. <laughs> well, I, I will regale you with a tale about uh, something like this. So this kind of reminds me of um, back in high school. I had uh, you know some classmates and friends and whatnot that wouldn't study their homework, and instead of submitting to the teacher when they had to turn the paper that, hey, I just didn't read the book, you know, or they try to fill out a quiz and they didn't read, do the assignment before, they try to just fluff it. So <laughs> I remember that I had a, one teacher who would read some of these responses out loud from people that clearly did not read it. And um, well, there was a, some, some short story about uh, this farmer trying to protect his crops from this like wave of ants. And um, well, the, the quiz question was like, how did the farmer... <laughs> keep the ants away from his crops and one kid answered he swatted them away with his 10 foot long meat oh my god 
and he's like read this out loud in class and like <laughs> and the kid's like face just got so red oh <laughs> okay so uh yeah i just i just forgot that i said the last article so i thought that it was back to my turn <laughs> sorry about that uh, no worries i believe it's your turn again ben so uh do you have a second article i do um so there's been there was an article last couple of weeks and a new one this week, um, but I just wanted to check with you guys. I remember you talked about bu- possibly buying either an Xbox One or a PlayStation Four. How important to you is backwards compatibility? Uh, it would have been good for me if it played like old Xbox games or uh, something, but uh, I original or three sixty. Uh, original since I've got my 360 and what I'm doing is I'm renting all the 360 games I ever want to try and then I'm going to get a PlayStation 4 so the Xbox One's uh, place uh, backwards compatibility isn't a factor for me because I'm taking the cheap way out by mm. the time it uh, by the time I get to it it should be a little bit cheaper and uh, then it should uh, well either way that's me what about you Rich? Um, backwards compatibility is, I mean, I would definitely prefer it, but by the time I can afford a new console, I won't really care about all of the old games because by the time I can afford to buy a PS4 or an Xbox 360, like by the time I'm like, I'm, I'm basically, I I do it every generation now. Um, I wait for them to, to drop in price because I used to be the guy that would go out like I bought the original Xbox when it first came out uh, mm-hmm. within two months of its release or a month of its release. I was the first person in my neighborhood to get it. And I paid, I actually had to borrow the money from my grandmother at the time <laughs> and promise yeah. I would pay her back within two months. And so the console one controller, Halo and uh, Rally Sport, which is one of my favorite racing games ever to this day, um, cost me 600 and. or something. Oh, lordy. And then when the Wii came out, and you guys remember when it got sold out completely. Oh, yeah. I went online on eBay and bought one on eBay. So when it first came out, it was, what was it, Mm $299? I think it was when it first came out. I ended up paying $530 on eBay to get this console before (laughs) anybody I knew. Oh, wow. You just love paying more You're you're like the anti Jew. You always you only pay above retail. Well, I had a lot of money back when I was younger, and uh, or at least and I thought no, no I responsibilities was... with the rest of my money. I should say, right? And I thought so, I was an idiot for sitting outside starting at six in the morning on a Sunday to buy one in a Circuit City. <laughs> yeah, I've There's always, always tried someone to better an early adopter. So, but uh, backwards compatibility is certainly a good thing. But I mean, by the time I get around. You know, because I'm not going to buy an Xbox One or a PS4 until they're probably $299, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm starting to think about buying a Wii U just because of how cheap it's getting. I don't even want it. I don't even think about really the games that are on there. But I know the Xbox One has some backwards compatibility mm-hmm. with some Xbox 360 games. And they obviously both have quote-unquote backwards compatibility um, through emulation, through their online stores. So, I mean, it all depends on whether you're talking physical. I would prefer physical backwards compatibility just right. because that way I can get it much cheaper because I don't want to pay $9.99 for, you know, a game that came out on the Xbox 360 seven years ago. 
you know, I, I that would, just seems ridiculous when I could probably go out to Microplay and pick it up for $2. And I would love to be able to rent a PlayStation 3 game and just pop it in a PlayStation 4. By the time I get around to it, because I've got like 70 Xbox 360 games to beat before I'm done. So by the time I'm ready, the PlayStation 5 will probably be announced and there'll probably definitely be all kinds of backwards compatibility for the PlayStation 4. Doubtful. So... so yeah, for Microsoft, uh, so, and this is over the summer, as you, as you said, they announced, as it was a surprise, E3, they announced backwards compatibility on the Xbox One mm-hmm. for Xbox 360 games for, I think, over 100 titles, and they're continually adding uh, new titles. And what that yeah. means is that you can put in your disc from the Xbox 360, and I believe it downloads a digital copy of the game to your uh uh, local Xbox One, oh. and then it runs it in an emulation mode at that point. So it doesn't, so it doesn't spin off the disc directly. I don't it's think. just using the disc as an unlock code to make sure that you right. own it, basically. That's so, actually really interesting. That's that's fair. Yeah, it's it's a really nice feature. They just came out with it. A, Unless a you don't have internet, ago. in which case you're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I would hope you have your 360 still, I guess. You're a gamer. But, uh, According to our research, you always have internet all the time. <laughs> our market research is flawless. Enough bandwidth then, because, you know, when you start downloading games, like if you, if, so Mike, you've got 75 games left. If you went out and bought an Xbox One today and you started trying to play those 75 games, each Xbox One game disc holds up to, what, seven to nine gigabytes? No, more than that, wasn't but, it? That was the original Xbox. Yeah, I know that the... So 360 uh, is probably like 18 or something, I'm sure, because I know that that's what the PlayStation 3 was, right? Yeah, so like, each right. game is going to be, you know, probably on average 10 gigs. So 75 games, you're looking at seven, like almost a terabyte worth of data, at least. I've got... The funny thing is I just upgraded my Rogers uh, because, like, for some reason I kept downloading over the limit. I don't know why probably because of all the comics and stuff but anyway the uh the point is i upgraded my uh, bandwidth to now officially unlimited but now the problem is that i have an xbox 360 not an xbox whatever so my hard drive is like uh like 10 gigs so i can install like one game on it oh my god (laughs) well yeah it came with it's the same hard drive it came with none of those extra well, at least the, if you wanted to go out and get a new one, they're cheap. But anyway, uh, Ben, what 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 else is going along with this article here? So, anyway, <laughs> tangent. That wasn't the, that wasn't the point <laughs> of the article. That was some background on the uh, on the Xbox One's strategy. So everyone's looking at Sony now, going, "All right, you know, uh, Microsoft's shown their hand and they're supporting backwards compatibility. What about you guys?" And Jack they've always, or... yeah, yeah, they their solution has been, "Well, we have this." PS Now service, which will stream the games from our servers to your local PlayStation 4, and it has a very limited uh, number of titles, and it's not the same as buying a game and owning it. It's it's a rental service, and it's like an on-demand rental service. So you can pay like uh, I don't know, three dollars for like a couple hours of gameplay, or you can do the unlimited pass for like thirty dollars a month or something crazy like that. But you have to have a really High-speed internet connection, constant internet connection, because the latency uh, obviously is is um, critical to making sure, that, especially in a shooter game, to making sure you can actually play the game, right? So uh, everyone's coming looking at Sony, and um, what someone discovered was that 
in the latest uh, Battlefront, Star Wars Battlefront game that just came out, um, the special edition comes with some codes to download some PlayStation 2 games. And uh, people that have downloaded it are like, hey, this is, they didn't like remake the game. Like there's, this is a, uh, like running an emulation mode, essentially. Yeah. Right? Like it's a PlayStation 2 game, but it's like upscaled and whatnot. So here's the latest information on that discovery since Sony has still not really said anything about their backwards compatibility. Dark Cloud, so the game Dark Cloud, leaked for backward compatibility on PlayStation 4. PS2 discs not supported. So Dark Cloud, the action role-playing game from level 5, will one day be playable on PlayStation 4 via PlayStation 2 backwards compatibility, according to a video leaked earlier today uh, from the official Sony PlayStation Europe YouTube channel. Uh, Sony has since taken down the video, but a screenshot of the clip's description appears to show that a PlayStation 4 would upscale PS2 games to 1080p resolution. Other additions delivered would be uh, PlayStation Network trophies, support for share play, remote play, and second screen features via the, play, the, via the Vita or the PlayStation mobile app. So that's so, the good news, bad news, basically. Of it. If, so, any, if anybody can find their Vitas underneath all the dust... <laughs> I know where mine is. <laughs> yeah, in a trunk somewhere in your garage. It's in my dress. Underneath your Atari links. <laughs> Whatever. That is it's a wonderful handheld. It really I is. just got a PSP, so I can't really I can't oh, say wow. much. I, I, I like to stay a generation behind. I got the PSP, three game cases, eighteen games, and seven movies for forty bucks. That's a pretty good deal. So, like, really, and I got a special edition version of it, too. I got the, I think it's the 3000, and it's, like, red and black. Oh, so special. Now I just got to get myself a PS3 so that I can, you know, game, like, five years ago. Woo! (laughs) And this is why I deserve a tech podcast, people. (laughs) That's that's right. (laughs) Okay, Rich, do you have another article? Uh, I do. Uh, Mike, I thought this one might actually interest you because it involves stand-up comedy. Sweet. So in uh, our first um, convergence of uh, technology and stand-up comedy um, on this show, Dave Chappelle... You you don't count. (laughs) Dave Dave Chappelle... He needs to bring me back to Earth after that little fan... After that fan praise and I was getting crunk and he's just like, mm, okay, I got to put a pin in this. Yeah, we got, <laughs> we got to keep you down to earth. Yeah, exactly. Don't let your, your ego get too bloated there. Don't get a big <laughs> head. You're, you're no Jay-Z yet. I have enough problems with hats already. I don't need a bigger head. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, Dave Chappelle has made a deal with a company called Yonder. I, bl- I, bl- that look, I, I think that's how it's pronounced, kind of. Y-O-N-D-R. I'm guessing that's pronounced Yonder. Um, Have either of you guys uh, heard of this company, Yonder? Nope. So what Yonder does is they create no phone zones. Uh, So they sell or rent, lease, uh, or whatever, uh, basically cell phone pouches that you put your phone in um, that they can then lock. So... Uh, Dave Chappelle has now made a deal with them for 13 shows in Chicago that he's doing over the course of the next couple of weeks, um, or by the time you hear this, for the next week. 
uh, and basically what happens, so when you go in, you give them your ticket, and they ask you to take your cell phone out of your pocket. They hand you one of these cases that come in three different sizes for different sized phones. Uh, you put your phone in it. They close it. And then once you pass a certain area um, that is geofenced, the case automatically locks. Um, I'm not sure how it does this because uh, when I looked at the picture of it, it looked like just kind of a, a, a foam, like... Uh, you guys ever seen those uh, those water bottle holders that people used to wear when they would go out running and it was kind of like this stretchy, almost like what you put your, your beer in uh, beer outside? Koozie. Yeah, kind of like that material. It seems very much like that, but a little bit thicker. Um, and and it's, so it's geofence. So you go in the theater or or whatever and your phone is locked down. You can't touch it. You can't get into it or anything. You can't open it until you leave again people who say no or attempt to take their phones out or manage to get it out um in the theater are immediately escorted out of the premises um so this basically gives uh the artist performing a a more one-on-one interactive uh experience with the um audience or consumer uh, to the point that obviously they can't use their cell phones, so they're not going to be distracted from your Broadway show, from your stand-up routine, from your movie, uh, from your Q and A session, whatever it is. They're not going to be distracted, so that it, it you know helps the interaction process there, right? And also, and this is where Dave Chappelle uh, came into this uh, deal was um, he's doing it to prevent filming uh, of his shows and live streaming so apparently it's become a a thing people are starting to use periscope for filming live concerts uh comedy shows movies and live streaming them online on periscope for free so i i think this is uh pretty cool in a, in a certain sense i mean i'm i'm definitely um, <clears throat> not one of those people who would ever go online and try and watch a, a live stream feed of, of anything I haven't officially paid for. I would definitely never do that. I'm not, I'm not that type of person. But um, if I were that type of person, I wouldn't like this. Um, however, it I can definitely see it from the uh, artist's perspective. And this is, this is a pretty cool way to, to stop things like this from happening. Um, Mike, I definitely want to get your opinion on this since you're a, uh, a fledgling in the uh, stand-up comedy arena. Uh, the gladiatorial arena that is stand-up comedy. So uh, what are your thoughts? Well, my first thought is I bet Michael Richards was just really kicking himself that this wasn't around. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Good I Lord. Mean, like, I mean, like, then people could just say, he said all this shit, and he could be like, no, no I didn't prove it. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. I didn't. You did. Denied, you denied, did. Denied. Yeah. Yeah, that's, the, that's my first thought. My second thought, uh, well, I'm a fledgling comic which means i want people finding my stuff and spreading it around and talking about me but uh if i became like uh more dependent on a uh, national level of you know people not wanting to hear my stuff i could definitely see the value in keeping all this stuff confidential plus as a uh, comedian sometimes you bomb sometimes you just eat a big steaming log on stage it happens i've seen like four or five year veterans in the game like they haven't left town but they're on the verge of like going on tour and uh you know sometimes they get bad nights 
and like you don't want that stuff getting around because you don't want like videos of you not looking too good mm -hmm. especially if people especially if people like how many jobs try to uh look you up on facebook first to see if there's any uh embarrassing footage or whatever and uh you know the first that an agent that a talent agency would look for you on and just see you like not getting laughs they'd be like why the frick would i want to invest in this clown i knew so, that guy in the third row wasn't taping me from my good side <laughs> so it saves uh it would save a lot of face for comics especially like even a if the crowd's just not into your material two it's new material or three you're just trying to try a new attitude or a persona that just uh, isn't fully formed it's not going to fly you would just you would want that shit to stay in the room just like yeah. okay, like I I was freaking embarrassing. I've learned my lesson, or I can make this better next time. You don't want people to see things before they're finished, and they don't. You don't like like nobody ever shows an episode of Glee where they spend like four hours practicing the damn song. They just nail it on the first shot. Apparently, nobody wants to see practice, hmm. and that's a that's a fantastic thing for uh, performers, venues, uh, like anybody engaging with the public. Like, it's not just marketing, like, keeping my shit private so that I can, like, make money on top of my already multi-millions. It's, uh, you know, as a comic, you just don't want people to see you eating crap. Especially if uh, you've got good jokes, but they're just not uh, fully sculpted yet. I can see it uh, helping, too, in the, in the sense of uh, being able to repeat yourself a little more often without getting stale so quickly, right? Because if your shows are being streamed online and uploaded to YouTube or, or, or RedTube or whatever it is. If you've got then... a show on Red, if your <laughs> Red shows Tube. are on RedTube, I need an invitation to these things. <laughs> at, at least as a spectator. I just think that it would make it a lot easier that, you know, you wouldn't have to come up with so many new jokes quite as often necessarily on a tour uh, you know, because you're, you, it's not being spread as wide. So, you know, people who are like, oh, I'm going to see him next week. I'm going to look him up online. And if they see last week's show and online and then all of a sudden you come and the, you, you have the exact same set because you're like, oh, you know, I'm yeah. not on yeah, you you would know, ex you would Comedy Channel. Yeah, you would expect so. a new town to not have heard your jokes from last exactly, week. Exactly, exactly. But I find the most interesting part about this myself is the fact that people are live streaming crap on, on Periscope. I've never used Periscope before, but uh, I could tell you right now, I'm going to be going on Periscope later and see what I can watch for free. <laughs> I wonder I wonder, I wonder, if anybody has Periscope like something frisky. Yes. Probably. <laughs> Someone has. Of course. The... That's that's usually the first thing that people do with new technology. No. Porn, yeah, porn drives some, uh, new technology. There was some football player, like a National Football League guy, that uh, apparently was... Uh, live streaming his uh strip club visits <laughs> like he spent a full day going to various strip clubs in like miami and he was like periscoping the entire thing <laughs> what what incriminating evidence up in this piece <laughs> yeah really yeah. honey I, where did you where did you go oh i just went to billy's no you didn't i've been watching your periscope feed motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> now now tune in next week on periscope where you can see me visiting the divorce attorney yeah. yeah, exactly, eh? I can, I can show all your fans your name getting signed on a piece of paper. <laughs> next next week on the live show, my now ex-wife throws stuff at me <laughs> while I beg her to let me stay. <laughs> well, at least Periscope is so we can watch. Yeah. 
Well, the irony of the of the story is that uh, I actually tried to go see Dave Chappelle about a year and a half ago, and uh, I went to the concert with a buddy of mine. I carpooled with him, and uh, he was like the the headlining act of this like comedy festival. And so it's like this huge venue with thousands and thousands of people. It was outside, you know. We're back on like the grass, way up high, and we uh, you know barely see the performers up there. Well, it was like a Sunday night. It was like eleven o'clock, and he had to go because he had to get his kids or something like that. So we left before we could How even see he? Dave Chappelle, <laughs> right? Before Dave Chappelle even came on stage, we had to go, and I didn't get to see him. And that's the only oh, I reason you meant I went. Dave Chappelle him. had to go because he had no, kids. not him. No, the why? guy, the guy I carpooled with. Why okay. did you have to go? The guy I carpooled with, he had to go like pick up his kids oh. or something. I don't know why he's picking up at eleven o'clock at night on Sunday. Don't ask me. Anyways. So we left, and I didn't get to see Dave Chappelle. It was the whole reason I went there, right? Hmm. So when I get home, I'm like, you know, I bet someone's recorded the audio from one of his shows. So if I want to hear his act that I missed and I paid for, I should go online and find it. Sure enough, found someone that had recorded it, and I was able to listen to his set. But you paid for it, right? <laughs> I so did least, pay for it, yeah. So at least you deserved it. <laughs> I did. I did. I did. But yeah, Dave, Dave Chappelle, he, there was some article about, uh, I think it was in San Francisco, where someone in like the front row was just like had their phone on him the whole for like 20, 25 minutes recording him. He can see And he you. stopped the show. Well, he just stopped the show and he sat there and looked at him for like 25 minutes. It was like totally awkward, I guess. I will make your phone battery run out before I continue this motherfucker. Yeah. He's just got a thing about <laughs> being recorded. So... Okay, well, I think we've got uh, time for one more article, so I'll close out the uh, the show. How many times have you seen, uh, well, how many robots have we talked about on this show? I think there's, uh, well, so far just the one, right? <laughs> that uh, That Japanese robot, the one that can dance better than all the people that brought it to the party? Oh, yes, the, the, the phone robot. Robohan. Yeah. Yeah, Robohan. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> well, now there's another robot to talk about called the uh, the Now N A O. Now, people at the Ro Human Robot Interaction Laboratory. This is a thing apparently at Tufts University. They had made a video last year of uh, the robot shown in a natural program ba language based interaction. And the cool thing about this is that you can command the robot to take some steps forward, and it will. But now they've programmed it to actually reject orders that will result in harm to itself. And this guy puts it on the table, tells it to walk forward. It takes a few steps, and uh, he tells it to walk forward again, and it says, I cannot do that. There is no support ahead. And he says, I'm sorry. And I he's, can't do that, Dave. <laughs> Screw you, I was going to do that. <laughs> but it says, but it is unsafe. And then, the rat, and then the man says, I will catch you. And then the robot says, okay. And proceeds to walk off the table, trusting that the human will catch it. And did the human catch it? Of course he did. This isn't Charlie Brown in the football. Well, I was just, because if he didn't, then we could be dealing with some Skynet type shit coming up. Well, no. Right. That, Maybe that, that's what started it. Yeah, does no. it learn to not trust humans and then figure out where the problem? Yeah, that's why this guy's obviously doing the right thing and treating his toy mm. just like I did after I saw Child's Play. I treated all my toys with respect and kindness just in case they ever gained sentience and they would know not to kill me. Okay, so this now I, robot. I saw, I saw Child's Play way too young is what I'm saying. 
this robot, does he have like lights all over his head and stuff? Uh, I think he's got like, like his eyes light up and his, his, what would, where would his ears be? They, they look almost like speakers with like yep, you've lights seen it. around it. And yeah. Yep. Okay. I'm watching a video of it right now and it's doing the Gangnam style dance. Yeah, and, and it's actually fairly entertaining. It's dancing with a, a couple Spheros and with some other robots, yeah. and its eyes are spinning like it's the freaking devil. It's kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he's also so if you like... want to freak out your family, get it now. <laughs> I, it. And and now it's like humping in the air. <laughs> are you sure you want? Is this on Red Tube? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, do it, do it now. Oh my god, this is hilarious. This is a cool little robot. Yep, so uh yep, so this guy managed to tell it convince it to reject orders. And uh another one says like he puts a, a bunch of paper, a bunch of uh cups in front of it and it refuses to because it it just like uh it just sees like it just sees cups and it says there is an obstacle ahead. So, it's neat that they've got Instead of training a machine to follow orders, now they've trained a machine to refuse orders. Hmm. Hmm. They're very dangerous. <laughs> well, especially if it refu- if it uh, can be convinced to, you know, what is it the the five robotic codes or the yeah the, the three, yeah the robotic laws of Isaac uh, Asimov. I, uh, yeah, Isaac Asimov. The uh, don't kill humans, don't harm humans, and don't touch humans. Or yeah. something like that. Well, it's, basically, uh, it's uh, don't harm humans. Don't t- yeah. Don't t- don't do an action that will harm a human, and don't cause inaction. Like don't uh, yeah. Don't allow a human to come to harm through inaction, and then finally don't uh, don't cause an action that would bring harm to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if if somebody can convince it, you know, to disobey those, then that would not be a good thing for sure. Yep. So it looks like we're uh, we're all done with this. Uh, well, this has been a uh, very good episode. Glad to have my two hosts along with me. So it's like a triumvirate of of awesome hosting goodness. For yeah, you're just the... feeling right at home, eh? Oh, damn right. You get to, if we talked a little bit in Nintendo, you could have taken an extra day off this week. You <laughs> could take a sick day, get paid. Well, I did spend today uh, brief uh, taking notes for the next issue of Nintendo Power Magazine, so we'll have some uh, goodness for our crossover fan, hopefully one of many in the uh, near future. All one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, at least somebody's listening. Well, that's a very good thing. So, uh, Mike Stewart, hope you enjoyed this episode. And... uh, (laughs) <laughs> so, this one's for you buddy <laughs> so so maybe you can just uh spread this around to your friends and uh you know you're obviously a good fan uh, we love what you uh you know spread spread that enthusiasm oh just kiss his ass a little more why don't you jesus I was christ say spread your legs for him while you're at it <laughs> yeah jesus. come on at least kiss his neck if you're gonna do that stuff <laughs> okay so uh uh Ben, where can they find you? They can. You guys can find me on the uh, Playing with Power podcast, hosted by 
yourself, Mike, and me, Ben, a retrospective on Nintendo Power Magazine starting back from the first one in July of 1988. So you can find us on Facebook at Playing With Power Podcast. And you can also find us on Twitter at GetThePower88. That's uh, our Twitter. And uh, our Gmail is PlayingWithPowerPodcast at gmail.com. The Facebook is Playing With Power. That's where you can also find me. That's uh, where... Yeah. And that's... (laughs) (laughs) And you are... (laughs) I am Mike. You can find me hosting this show as well as as well as the other show. (laughs) I am Mike. (laughs) So you can find me uh, hosting this show as well as hosting the other show, the aforementioned one. And Rich, where can we find you? Uh, You can find me on the playing with. Oh wait, never mind. Uh, no, you can... Hey, maybe 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 we can run a guest episode. I can give you a uh, an issue, and (laughs) we can have your. we can bring your insights. Just make this thing one big, happy little family. <laughs> um, you can find me on this show um, every uh, two weeks, pretty much, is uh, seems to be our regular release schedule now, um, as well as, uh, I guess, occasionally on the uh, Facebook groups, uh, ever so occasionally on uh, Twitter. Um, I would like to say if there are any... Uh, listeners out there who have any suggestions uh, for news stories, uh, things you want our reactions to, things that kind of made you step back and and, and think about uh, technology for the future and you wanted to get our insight on it, please feel free to post it to the Geek Fallout Productions uh, Facebook page and uh, we'll talk about it on a future episode. Other than that, uh, check out the Atomic Geeks Podcasting Network, which we are a, a part of. Uh, for other lovely podcasts such as uh, Nerd Lunch, The Atomic Geeks, um, uh, Geek Fallout, Random Nerdness Season 3, and many, many more. Yep, and uh, hopefully we'll have a uh, future episode where we can discuss the uh, uh, certain awesome movie coming out soon. No, yes. sp- no spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> yes, that shall be fun. Okay, and uh, you've been listening to the Techno Power Podcast. <laughs> okay, playing with technology. <laughs> yeah, you're listening to the Power Babble Podcast, and this is uh, this Ooh. is Mike and Rich and Ben signing off. And it is now safe to turn off your device. You have a new message. Sweet. All right. right. Get awesome, it. guys. Got it. Has Ben, has, has Mike ever told you that you sound like a white, nerdy Barry White on, on the podcast? I do? That's awesome. That's a really good compliment. Should, you, Thank you. You, could talk, you could talk a little slower. You could be like a, a nice, like a Barry White thing going on. <laughs> oh, here's my... Oh, baby. <laughs> My darling, I can't get enough of your love, baby. I don't know, I don't know why. Why did I have to stop the recorder? I still have mine on.
Hey everybody, welcome back to the second week of the Technobabble review slash old archive restoration slash making things easier for new listeners as well as... We're still really busy and not really ready to do new episodes. Yeah, well, not yet, but we do <laughs> want to give you some new content, so uh, this is the second part well, of our weekly old new history new of old. Technobabble. Yeah, new and old at the same time. We're revolutionary here at Technobabble. The faces of Janus looking to the present and the past. Wasn't he the door guy? Isn't he the god of doors? Janus? You're thinking of Morrison. He's <laughs> a good one. So anyways, now that we've established how Technobabble began and how I came to be a part of the, uh, the Geek Fallout network, as this was part of several shows on the network, and... This was just my introduction to podcast in general, as well as your introduction to, well, me. <laughs> so, once the ball got rolling, you had had me on the show as a guest for two episodes. Yeah, two or three. And yeah. it was on the third episode that you asked me to just, you know, be the co-host. Uh, what spurred that? Was it a conversation with you and Chris, or did you just do that on your own, or like whose decision was it, and how did that happen? Yeah, because wasn't Chris on it for the first episode or two? He was on it for the first two with me. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, I believe, I think that was um, a combination of like I knew from uh, podcasting with Chris in the past um, that basically it's I knew from podcasting with him in the past that, like, he's not that technologically capable, or at least not in the same same way that I am. He's a little bit older than me, but he's just, he's not as hardcore techie. He's a hardcore trekkie, not a techie. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so he was more into yeah. technology that doesn't exist. Yes, exactly, and stories, <laughs> and he's an author and whatnot, so... Um, yeah, I just felt a little bit better to uh, have somebody that enjoyed these things as much as me. Yeah, and I was pretty, I was pretty happy. It was my first promotion. Of course, it would be for a job that didn't pay. Your first and only promotion, pretty much. <laughs> as of as of this recording, true. But still, I was excited that you know somebody liked me enough to have me around because. Uh, Low self-esteem issues, but we don't want to get into that. So, you had me on the show, and, uh, you know, interesting things came up as we started to not just discover, not just me discovering podcasting and us discovering each other, uh, you came to discover other facets of recording with me, didn't you? Yes, um, when we first uh, started recording... You were living in the basement of your current house. Well, yes. You're, yeah, you were recording down there anyway. Um, and uh, there were a lot of creaks coming from above ground. That's, and that was, was the problem really with annoying. a microphone. It, it picked up everything. Yes, and even back then, too, you didn't have your... Uh, you've got a little bit of uh, sound absorption... Uh, around your microphone and I think you've got a pop filter now as well don't you? No I just have like a nice little uh, styrofoam 
Yeah. Dome. Okay, so you've got the, like a Jimmy yeah. hat for my microphone. Yeah, the uh, sound absorption. Yes. So um, you're a lot better now, and you've moved rooms. But uh, back then, it was very difficult and frustrating to um, podcast with you because of the post production. I would have to uh, try and edit out and uh, deamplify, or de- you know, you do whatever I could to get those out of there because they just annoyed me. Well, you heard more than just creaks. Like, let's get into it. What 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 else did you? Uh, come to realize what's going on around me. That uh, you were recording from your red room? No, the vacuuming. Remember that? Thank you. I had just, just got that out of my memory. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We I recorded pretty late, like what, 10 or 11 at night? And then that's like when some time, people decided now that's a good time morning. to clean the fucking house. Well, of course. And then, like, arguments. Like, apparently, like, being an entire floor away doesn't matter when the floors are, like, super thin. But as soon as you went and got uh, that little sound absorption cone thing that you got, and I know there's a real name for it, and someone will eventually correct us and tell us we're morons for not knowing it, but it's totally there. It's just and like a you pop got filter. It and it worked. Now, no pop filters for the air in front. Well, it's not like anyway. a Well, yeah, the little condom then. Right, so. Anyways, that like picked up all <laughs> oh, wow. the sound stuff. So we had that to deal with, as well as, uh, well, we experimented with your sound mixer for a bit, which was good for a yes. couple of episodes until it just really fucked up our. Uh, our ability to understand each other. The, are you talking about the um, software one? Yeah. Yeah, that software one was pretty fun for a couple episodes, and then yeah, it definitely something happened. Uh, maybe it was a uh, a trial version or something, but something happened and uh, made it very difficult to use, unfortunately. So we had to go back to the old-fashioned way, uh, back to the old post-editing, and uh, you know, keep going from there. Yep, and uh, an interesting thing had developed. I had originally wanted to do a show of some kind with my friend Ben, who lives in the uh, States, and he, like, you know how some friends are, they're just lazy, like you want to do stuff with them, and you know they'd be great for it, but they just don't see the, uh, the motivation in it. Which is pretty much basically how you felt with everyone around you before you met me, when you tried to get yeah. this show off the road, right? Yeah, 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 to a certain extent, I guess. Yeah, so he wasn't uh, he wasn't down for it, but then when he started listening to the first few episodes of Technobabble, that's when he just decided, well, okay. And somebody had suggested to him a while this ago. sounds fun. Like, uh, I think we want to just review bad movies. Like, just, you know, not for uh, to make a career out of it or anything, but just to, you know, hang out with my friend shoot the shit, do some bad ideas, just get used to podcasting and, you know, get the uh, get the experience up. And someone had suggested, why don't you just, like, he, is, he, uh, he posted, uh, why don't we ju- what am I going to do with all these Nintendo powers? And people were suggesting, like, a bonfire or origami. And someone just said, why don't you do a podcast where you read them? And, re- like, this was one of those things where I was just like, I would do that. But he was just like, yeah, I'll think about it. 
which was basically, I'm too lazy to do it. But then he heard me and you on the show. And I guess, like, that was the uh, the final straw for him, where he's just like, like, he knew that, like, you know, we got along great. Like, we got each other's humor. But, you know, sometimes you just need to see an idea and practice, even though you know it's good. You just yep. need that. You just, you just need to hear it to get that one final push to go, all right, it's on. And that's when we had just decided to start doing that show, and that led to Playing With Power. And we even had him on this show, didn't we? Yeah, it was on a couple episodes that we recorded very, very late at night, and they take a long time, and it's 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 very long time to record. Like, oh, it's, it's a little so late long. right now, but you know, it took us a while to get some sound tests done. So, you know, you're going to be uh, a little depleted right now. But I'm going to do what I can to uh, drag him to the finish line. <laughs> <laughs> so. Technobabble had gone on for about uh, a couple of weeks. We had some weeks where we couldn't record, weeks where we did record, some days where we, some weeks we didn't record, and then some days we recorded two or three episodes because we were just on a roll. Yeah, those are fun days. And uh, I got to discover the Good News Network when I was looking for technological developments, and I made it part of a, uh, a semi-regular thing on the show, which I hope to make oh, a, uh, it was regular. as a regular thing for the for the uh, revival episode which will be coming up uh, very soon and but uh, I guess we gotta end this with how Technobabble kind of came to end and the uh, the long limbo and uh, this came as a uh, bit of a surprise to me because we were just making episodes and then we didn't and it turns out you just had like a big pile of life stuff like, no need to get specific, because, well, if we went in the specifics, this would be another ten minutes, at least. Yeah. Uh, life just decided to uh, kick me in the face for a little while, and, um, you know, unfortunately, life takes priority uh, over podcasting, and I, I didn't have any time to podcast anymore for a little while, so now I'm back. I've been still doing a little bit of part-time podcasting on the uh, previous Geek Fallout show. Uh, with uh, Calvin and Chris, but uh, yeah, I decided to bring back uh, Techno Battle with you. Well, we can get to that part later, but uh, this was just what led, like, I was kind of like Lenny from Of Mice and Men, where I think everything is fine, but you were the one that's just like, oh no, no, this is, this, this is, this has got to stop. And like well, I'm, an I'm just playing by me. the field, and I'm like, "Tell me about the rabbits, Rich." And you're like, "Well, see the uh, we're gonna get a farm, we're gonna get some bunnies, they're gonna hop all over the place, and little do I know you're pulling the revolver out of your back pocket." Is this a metaphor for something? Mice and Men. You never saw that movie? No. It was fucking great. It was about George and Lenny, and. One, like, George, like, these were these two guys who had a dream that they were going to work hard at a farm, save up money, and buy their own little piece of land. And, you know, it was sort of, like, symbolic of the American dream, where if you work hard, dedicate yourself, that your hard work will be rewarded, and that prosperity is guaranteed if you only show determination and focus. But as they work for this farmhand, one of the, uh, the daughters... She starts, How is this longer than me talking about my shitty life? Well, now we need to explain <laughs> some shit to you, because this is learning time. Okay, so 
uh, uh, Lenny is the simple guy. He's like a big, strong goof. And, you know, he means well, but he doesn't know his own strength. And he keeps, like, a, a dead rabbit in his pocket. He thinks it's alive. Like, but, like, he doesn't realize that he petted it too hard. And so this, uh, this girl, she decides to hit on him for fun, just to have fun with the simpleton. And he starts, like, petting her hair, and she's like, so, like, starts telling him, like, no, it's too hard. And, like, she gets mad at him, and then he kind of, like, has a little, a little freak out. And he ends up killing her. And everyone wants to lynch him. Like, it is, like, they want to kill the big strong guy. And George, just like, you know what, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take care of him. It won't be a problem. Because he knows that these people, like, they've been teasing Lenny throughout the entire book or movie, whichever one. And he knows that they're not just going to, like, kill him. They're going to, like, hurt him. They're going to make him suffer. It's going to be really, really bad. And he loves his friend. And he knows that, like, it's it's got to stop, but he wants to do it peacefully. So he takes Lenny to the creek, and that's when Lenny's just like, tell me about the rabbits, George. And he goes like, yeah, we're going to make a farm. It's just going to be us. We're going to have all different sorts of rabbits. And that's when he pulls the gun out of his pocket, and he shoots Lenny in the head. It's a very touching, heartwarming story. It's from George Steinbeck's novel of Mice and Men. And if you read novels or just check the movie, they're both... They're both very heartwarming, and uh, they're great movies. It's a great story. And also, Lenny is the motivation for the abominable snowman. You know, when he's like, which way did they go, George? Which way did they go? Hmm. You know that guy? Mm -hmm. That's from Mice mm -hmm. and Men. <laughs> Even when he's like, tell me about the rabbits, George. I'm going to hug him and pet him and squeeze him. From the Looney Tunes. Yeah, Looney Tunes was making fun. Of, they were taking, uh, yeah, it was inspiration from Of Mice and Men. And it's from the phrase, the greatest plans of mice and men. I forget how it goes, but it basically means they can turn to shit. Because the whole hmm. story was the fact that the American dream isn't for everyone. George and Lenny worked hard at the farm, but, you know, their hard work meant nothing. An accident or something out of their control means that all their dreams just don't matter. They'll never come true. It's not really uplifting, I'll tell you that, but... Yeah. Anyway, that's kind of yeah. like how I felt when Technobabble was just like unceremoniously ended. We didn't get to do a final episode. We didn't get to say goodbye. It's just like I was at the stream thinking like, man, we're just going to keep doing this forever. And you're just pulling the revolver out of your pocket thinking like... Yep, it's just going to be you and me, buddy. We're just going to like uh, we're going to we're, we're going to make so many episodes. We're going to be reading so many stories and articles and we're going to talk about them and it's all going to be bang. That's really funny actually. I totally get it now. Well, it only took you like five and a half minutes to explain it. Well, considering that it's either a 2-hour movie or a or like a a, a a several hundred page novel, I think I did a pretty good summation. Plus, yes. you know, literature. So, you know what? Learning. That's what you're doing on this show. You're learning. You're, you're Join learning us next week for Lit Babble with Mike. Welcome to Literature Babble. That's what I just said. Oh, your Mine voice cut much up. cooler. <laughs> lit Battle. Ah. Babble. Lit, lit Battle, battles. not battle. Although, Lit RPGs are epic. So, that's kind of like how Lit <laughs> Babble... 
the glory days and then the uh, the next part of behind the music when things weren't going to go things weren't the music wasn't going to last forever dum bum bum you can clearly tell from listening to this that things have obviously evolved. <laughs> yes, we've definitely become a more concise, clean podcasting machine. So, <laughs> stay tuned for next week when we talk about the uh, the revival and uh, what's coming up and what happened to the network. And, well, as much as we're able to say. So, enjoy this episode and the rest of the week. And... We'll see you soon. Bye. You are listening to a Geek Fallout production in association with Hello and welcome to episode six of Playing with Technobabble. Oh wait, this is uh, play, uh, Geek Fallout Technobabble, not to be confused with my other podcast, even though it is a special crossover episode. we uh, With me is my uh, co-host for this show. Please introduce yourself. Wait, which show? Me? Me, yeah. or, me or him? This show. This show. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's you. Which show are we on again? I can't remember. I've been I've been watching all the Flash and Arrow crossovers, and now there's too many crossovers. We've crossed uh, we've crossed the streams. <laughs> the podcast of tomorrow. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, me again, Richard here, down for another week of uh, tech babble with uh, my buddy Mike, and uh, we have a non Chris guest this week, don't we? Yep. That's right. Yep. This is my co-host from the other podcast i do which would explain my 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 bad acting confusion the uh co-host of the playing with power podcast uh please introduce yourself hi this is ben happy to be on thanks for having me i'm glad to finally combine these two together so i can fill my quota for the week and not have to leave anybody out (laughs) now i am riding particularly high today because Rich showed me something last night on the Geek Fallout Productions Facebook page. I got a fan post. A guy named Mike Stewart said he's been listening to every episode, and it's one he'll be sticking with. So, this... Listening to every episode, like, that's really hard at this point. We've only <laughs> had five. I've caught up to all five. All five, wow. <laughs> and uh... That's dedication right there. Yeah. Thanks, Now, Mike. is yeah. he just a fan because his name's also Mike? I that's what I was wondering if it was just preferential treatment or not, but it seems like uh, he likes the show. He's mentioned that he's also going to be listening to the Playing with Power podcast. I didn't hear if he liked it or not, but he's listening to it, so yay, super fan! This ep- this episode is dedicated to Mike Stewart, super fan, and uh, you know, a guy that makes my day. When he said like he liked the uh, Tech Fallout show, I felt like oh man, I'm balling. And then he said he was going to be listening to the Playing with Power podcast, and I'm like, oh man, I'm like double balling, like full scrotum action, like two balls. Oh, That's, wow. uh... The opposite of blue balls. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. So I just thought, like, what could describe how I'm feeling? Like, what? I, I, like, I'm feeling great two ways. 
So I just figured out this could best personify how I'm feeling. Yep, so that's me. <laughs> I got to tell you, Mike, I'm a little disappointed. I was, I was looking forward to hear you sing that. <laughs> I can only sing one song at a time, so I had to get these two to sing together. I see. He only gets one karaoke uh, riff per episode, so he's saving that for later. Oh, he's waiting for waiting to fill his quota to the end. Yep, yeah. The, yep. The night's still young. <laughs> I only get to do one song and or cartoon voice impersonation, so I'll just have to see what develops. But I didn't want to blow my wad anytime soon. <laughs> okay, so uh, Ben, you are the guest, so we'll have you open up the floor for interesting thing in technology. Sure. Um... Well, thanks for having me kick it off. So first I'm going to tell a little bit of a personal story and then I'll get into the news article because it's, it's related. So uh, my dad and my parents, I, I've advised them to get Apple products um, because it means no work for me. <laughs> they have any, I don't, <laughs> it's true. You know what it is. If you're like the at-home tech guy, like you're constantly getting called, oh, I can't figure out this thing or... They're blaming you. Why is this stop working? You know, That's so true. My dad just got a Mac. And the funny thing is, is it means no work for me, but it also means even if he wanted my help, I wouldn't know what to do. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I don't have a... I don't know anything about Macs. iOS, I can handle. Mac, right. you put me in front of a Mac computer, I'm lost. Uh, yep. Before you go on, <laughs> sure. There is this. There's this uh, Canadian comedy troupe called Three Dead Trolls in a Baggie, and there's uh, some uh, skits of them online. And one of them is a tech support guy, and he's dealing with uh, like you know the typical prototypical stupid customer. He's like, "Did you turn it off? Turn it on again? Blah blah blah." And as he, then he gets frustrated and he goes, "Okay, do you have a twelve year old in the house? Put them on." Yeah. <laughs> hi, hi, Ed. Did you flush the cash? Okay, so what's the problem? Okay, well. Uh, Okay, well, here's how you do it. All right, you, you get what I'm saying? Then he you know, like just fixes the problem, and then he goes, "Oh, by the way, if uh, if this happens up again, just tell your parents to get a Mac. It's a computer for idiot. I mean, mommies and daddies." <laughs> well, the best feature about the Mac to me is, again, I don't have a Mac, so I can't help them, and I get to go, "Oh, you can just take it to the store, and they have geniuses there to help you." Yeah, right? that's true. So I got them on the Mac train years ago, and that's been wonderful for me. Um, <laughs> So naturally, they wanted to, when the Apple TV came out, I was like, oh, this is a nice gift to give them for Christmas. You know, I can hook it up on their TV and, uh, you know, they can get their photos and music on it and Netflix and whatnot, right? So they've had that for years. And of course, Apple has uh, in, in their uh, insurance policy to make sure you buy their new products, they update the software so much to the point that it's so slow it's unusable. Yeah, which be, which that. is what happened. Oh, I hate that so much. So you know the the bitching about the slowness of it eventually compounded over the last few months or so. And I had a slightly newer Apple TV, and uh, so I went to go install that, and there was something wrong with that one. So they were like, "Okay, what do we do here?" Right? And um, well, against my advice, they went and bought the new Apple TV. And the new Apple TV is a totally different beast. It has its own TV OS on it, right? You could download apps to it. You can hook up a game controller to it. It's like a real little computer, right? 
So Sounds cool. They, it's kind of like the Amazon one or what a bunch of the Android boxes are doing. Basically, they're yeah. just copying everybody else once again, but making it prettier and more expensive. Yeah, it costs, you know, 150 US dollars plus. Yeah. So $200 later, he, of course, he has to get the 64 gig version, right? He brings it home and they they you tell me I, I got to come install it. So I'm installing this thing and whatnot. And, and the first thing I notice, I look at the back of this thing and there is no digital audio port like they had on the previous versions. And I'm going, hmm, I guess it just sends audio over the HDMI signal, right? So like no optical, you mean? No optical yeah, there's audio? Yeah, no, there's no optical audio. They just okay. decided not to have it at all. So I hook it all up and whatnot just to find out, of course, that their uh, receiver does not support audio over HDMI. I'm like, shit. So they paid $200 for this thing, and now they're expected to go buy a, a new receiver just to get the freaking uh, audio to work. That's ridiculous. Wasn't yeah, there a, so, uh, an, is, wouldn't there be like a little adapter dongle that you could attach to a down converted or something? I, there, there's it. no, there's no solution. They just, they don't offer a solution for it. So the, oh, well, the only Apple. solution I could find online was super hacky. I got it to work where like you, um, use the airplay feature to, uh, stream the audio from the new Apple TV to the old Apple TV, which is, <laughs> which is then hooked up oh to the God. audio cable. If That's ridiculous. If your if new Apple TV sits on your old Apple TV, you <laughs> might be a redneck. Yeah. <clears throat> so wisely, my dad said, no, we're not. If any kind of hacking this is going on, we're just going to return this damn thing. So he did. And uh, it turns out my the only thing wrong with the, the second Apple TV I gave him was the, was the audio cable. So that ends up working out fine. But anyways, like he, when he returned it, you know, he t- told him why. Look, you don't have an audio port in this thing, and this is why I'm returning this. You know, <clears throat> and the guy was like, "Oh yeah, I've been hearing this a lot." You know, and uh, this isn't the first time Apple's done this. They removed ports. They removed the uh, ability to have a CD drive or a DVD drive on their iMacs and laptops. And if you get one of the Apple MacBook Airs, they don't even have a connection for like an Ethernet cable, so you got to buy an adapter for that. You gotta buy adapters for everything for Apple. You gotta get it's different ridiculous. power cables every couple of years, right? So I was thinking about this. I'm like, man, this is such a stupid move for them to do. You're trying to upgrade from one thing to the next. Like this would just be like if they remove the audio port on the iPhone, and literally the next day, here is a rumor saying iPhone 7 to lose 3.5 millimeter headphone port in favor of Lightning port. <laughs> what? Apple, and here's the article. Apple's next Ah. iPhone will be so thin that the company has decided to ditch the standard 3.5 millimeter headphone port for the first time since the iPhone's 2007 inception from a reasonably accurate Japanese blog. That's got to be like a prank. The move should help Apple's engineers shave off another millimeter of thickness or so, reports a publication adding that users will instead connect wireless headphones over Bluetooth or compatible wired headphones over the lightning port. Because That's they work. Because they work. <laughs> well, I have Bluetooth wireless uh, headphones, and they're actually pretty awesome. I use them all the time. But not everybody can afford them, and... Mm-hmm. You know, like also what if your headphones die and you're not around a charger and you really want to finish listening to the Playing With Power podcast, you know, like what are you going to do? <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> but well, you have to go buy a, yeah, an adapter or something, I guess. That's so ridiculous that they would do that, and all to save, you know, an extra millimeter when they just went through this whole Apple Bendgate thing, where their phones are so thin already that they're bending and breaking. So now you want to make it more thin? That's that seems kind of like a, a step in the wrong direction to me. It's just awful. <laughs> I don't have any that's joker a... insight. It's just a, it's just <laughs> awful. Yeah, well, that's, that's retarded. Yeah, it's like you guys talked about on an earlier uh, episode where you talked about how each phone is getting thinner but also whiter. Well, apparently they're obs- so obsessed with this, they're getting rid of the headphone jack. And then yeah. I, I kind of find it ironic because then they just buy Beats Audio. So they, everyone, so they have no, all these people the out HP, there. No, it was HP, wasn't it? HP no, they bought, bought the, Beats, didn't it? No, no, no. Um, Apple bought Beats. They bought the Dr. Oh, Dre. no, it was HP licensed it for a while, eh? Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, that, that was it. Yeah, so you have those people with their trendy $300 Beats Audio headphones that now... When the new iPhone comes out, they're gonna have to buy all new ones. <laughs> so time. Ugh. Okay, well. Way to go, Apple. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my article. I, I found that uh, highly ironic, given the timing of <laughs> what happened with yeah, my really. Apple TV. Uh, Apple, you poor disappointing bastards. I thought you were. I honestly thought you were gonna say that. Uh, the guy was gonna be like, "Oh, well, they actually just came out with this adapter that'll let you do this." <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> okay, Rich, uh, your turn. What have you brought to the round table today? Uh, well, um, have you boys heard of Google's new venture with YouTube called YouTube Red? I uh, you heard vaguely. And no, about it's it, not but... porn. Yes, I have it. You have it? The Red yeah, Tube? Well... The Red Tube or the YouTube? Not RedTube, <laughs> YouTube Red. I didn't like go out of my way to buy it. I have the uh, Google Music, um, like the streaming subscription. Oh, and like if you have the Google Music, music you get YouTube Red for free. Yeah, Google Play Music. Really? You get, yeah, you get it for free. Oh, and okay. So before we get into what I'm going to say here, then what are your impressions on YouTube Red? Uh, it lets you download YouTube videos for offline use, which is kind of nice. Well, you can do that anyway with the right app on Android anyway. Uh, I'm sure, but it's it's more convenient. That's I mean, and I tried out the, the YouTube music thing, and that was a, that was worthless. <laughs> YouTube music? Yeah, they have a separate app for music now. Really? Well, then what's the red thing then? <laughs> it, See, like, well, the, look, I, it, I really like the idea for the YouTube music or for, for YouTube uh, red one of the things that they were saying is they allow uh, background play now. Yeah. And that really sounds cool on a cell phone because I know that um, there's a lot of people that I know that use YouTube to purely listen to music. Mm-hmm. But having to have your phone A, screen on all the time, and then also be inside of the YouTube app and and not be able to do anything else is really you know, like kind of counterintuitive. Yeah, it eats a battery and demands your screen is on, so you can't just put it in your pocket. Yeah, well, not even just that, but I mean, like, if you're listening to some some music on YouTube, you know, and you want to start writing an email, unless you have a Samsung where you can split the screen or some other um, device that lets you run two apps at the exact same yeah, time, yeah, your you're completely can, screwed. You, you can you only do that one thing. Yeah, exactly. So that was one of the features that I thought was pretty cool. But uh, but you you like it, Ben? 
Uh, I mean, I don't really use it. <laughs> but you <laughs> notice that there's no ads anywhere. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, there's no ads. I mean, I didn't. I wouldn't go. I would not pay ten dollars a month for it. Put it that way. It's fine. It's nice that it's free with my subscription to Google Play Music. But there's no way I would pay ten dollars a month for it. Do you I'd have be, kids? To be a super like YouTube fanatic to to want to to want to pay that money. Do you have kids? Yes. How old are they? If you don't mind me asking. I have a, what, what age range? I've one that's almost three, and the other one's a he's a eight month old baby. Okay, so we're almost in the same area here because uh, I have two children as mm-hmm. well in that uh, general age range. And I find like we don't we don't have Netflix. We use mm. uh, XBMC or Cody as it's now called. Um, and like we do have cable, but we literally only use it for one channel for the kids. And that's it. And I think both me and my wife both hate every single show on that channel because they're all <laughs> all these kids shows are so annoying now. So what we do a lot of the time is we use YouTube. We'll use the Chromecast hooked up to mm. the TV and, you know, throw on a two hour, you know, or an hour compilation of Mickey Mouse Clubhouse or of Dora mm. or whatever, like all those compilations that people upload to YouTube. Um, but one thing that I find extremely annoying because I'm a big YouTube person, I, I, ha- I go through a lot of YouTube content all, all week. That's where I get the majority of my content is YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. All my all my information, all my news, I watch wow. trailers, I watch different um, quote-unquote shows, uh, Wrestling with Regret, um, the TFL car, <laughs> like all, on, all of on. these. Wrestling with Regret? Do they literally wrestle? No, no, it's it's a guy who, who <laughs> Is there a guy named Regret? Wrestling. No. <laughs> it's like The Undertaker? But... That would be great. It's, it's a rant show, basically. Okay, never mind, never mind. But, uh, you know, like I, 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 you know, digest a lot of YouTube content. So for me, those ads get extremely annoying. So for both me and my children, I'm, I, I've seriously thought about getting it. Now, this, this uh, little piece of news here that I have might actually turn your favor uh, a little more in the, um, uh, I guess, favor of YouTube here. Um so they have recently announced that they are approaching Hollywood studios to require licenses for movies and television shows to be able to stream on YouTube. They have basically now pledged war against Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, uh, and all the other streaming services. What they're looking to do is become the the you know one app to rule them all. They want to have the biggest content offering because if you think about it they already have all of the standard you know Mm -hmm. quote-unquote youtube tv shows or the youtube shows of you know youtube users producing 20 30 minute content um then on top of that you have uploaded videos of just you know cats uh or whatever and the rap battles Uh, and like yeah and like all this other stuff plus there already is movie they already have movies and stuff for rent on youtube um, as well as the fact that apparently they're now using Google has decided to use the Google Play uh, Music and Google Play Movies um, uh, licenses that they have already with these studios to negotiate new terms for YouTube, mm-hmm. which basically means they're going to be having um, a lot more movies and TV shows. So for nine ninety nine a month, you not only get uh, no ads, but you also get background play. 
and you get all of this new content so you'd be able to watch all of these movies tv shows and in october and i actually didn't hear about this back in october but in october they announced that they are going to be making first party movies and television shows much like um netflix does now starting with at least 10 new projects in 2016 Mm. So they're going to be producing all their own TV and movie now as well for that's going to be exclusive to YouTube Red and that will be the only piece you will be able to get it and only if you pay. I wonder if they'll have DC exclusive content to rival Marvel's Netflix content. That would be cool. That that would be pretty cool, but uh, Warner Brothers, I'm sure, probably has uh, ties to another service already. I'm sure they've probably got their their hands in hulu or something that they'll probably back right, right? Or, would, or they'll go with the new cbs with star uh, star trek i would love to Holster see like up a, that i would love to see like an adult rated catwoman series on youtube <laughs> we got that as a movie already and it was horrible remember no no a series and a good one <laughs> so that's two marked differences <laughs> I, I i thought that this was pretty cool though it it brings uh, actual meaning to the 9.99 a month other than just right. no ads because the no ads is already almost tempting enough for me at least because i've especially since they announced youtube red i think they've actually upped the amount of ads that they play per mm. um per video because like i remember a little while ago i was watching um i think they were like minute and a half two minute little quick videos of whatever it was and every time i was trying to load a one minute two minute video it would come up with a 30, 30 second ad or a two minute ad every single time. And I'm just like, come ad. on, like you just, I just watched a 30 second ad. Now I'm going to watch a one minute video and you're going to make me watch a two minute ad just so I can watch another 30 second video. Right. You, uh, you seem to cut out a bit. Uh, ben, did you hear any uh, cut out from Richard? I did. Okay. So it's not me. All right. Sorry. What? This time you, it's uh, not. Yeah, you got a little tinny and cut out quite a few times in that last uh, that last sentence. Oh, so I wanted sorry. to make sure that I wasn't that it wasn't something on my end that only I was hearing it. Okay, so now my offering I found uh, quite a few, but uh, this one has like a nice little backstory. Uh, uh, you must have uh, heard the Warren G and Nate Dog song, "The Regulators." Mount up. Uh, do I have to have heard it? <laughs> well. It, it would be nice because it's a good song, but uh, essentially it's uh... okay. I thought you were gonna like break. I thought you were gonna like. I just did the whistle at the beginning of the song. Regulators, <laughs> mount up! Oh my god, is that the one that has Michael McDonald in it? No, but I I sent you a remix that had Mike McDonald and that combined called "Keep Forgetting to Regulate." <laughs> it's freaking fantastic. <laughs> Y'all won't be there. Quota filled. (laughs) Damn it. I I blew my wish. (laughs) Well, anyway, uh, Wikipedia had a a problem with edits on that because one guy, he put out, it was so good it ended up in in a cracked article. He described, instead of just like the history of like how the song got written and uh, produced and like a video and all that, you know, typical Wikipedia stuff, he described the entire song, but with like, uh, I guess the term would be like loquacious perspicacity, just like Jesus, 
like just using so many words to describe the entire plot of the song from start to end. It's about like seven paragraphs long. And uh, Wikipedia is just like, this is a, like, this is a parody. It's not meant for a comedy, blah, blah, blah. And it got changed. But Wikipedia keeps its edit history. So if you uh, look for it <laughs> enough, like just look for the regulator song and just look through the edit history, you can find it's uh, quite hilarious how it's done. Now, to but that... that's too much liquidity. <laughs> that's Look, too much liquidity for Wikipedia. Wikipedia, those those uh, words uh, to find out what they mean. I believe yeah, the really. I believe the term is loquaciousness. Loquaciousness. That sounds like um, sounds like yeah, a bad stripper name. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I was I was gonna go there, but I'm like, no, I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's it's the nerdy stripper. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so to that end, uh, Wikipedia has devised an AI service that will hunt for damaging edits. And it was announced Monday on the Wikimedia blog that we are announcing the release of an artificial intelligence service designed to improve the way that editors maintain the quality of Wikipedia. And uh, it's referred to by the San Francisco bureau chief, uh, Tom Samante, a software trained to know the difference between an honest mistake and intentional vandalism. Now, there's a whole lot of questions that gets risen with this software, like how does it know if you're shitting it? Like, like if you're telling it bears can fly or that shoes taste like lemons, <laughs> where, where is its background uh, analysis that it can be like, yep, it's on the level, or nope. And, uh, it, the uh, the AI service is called ORES, O-R-E-S, Objective Revision Evaluation Service. And uh, it allows editors to triage facts from the torrent of new edits and review them with increased scrutiny. So how does it know if the edit is intentionally damaging and not just an unintentional slip? Uh, one of the uh, people says it uses an article quality assessment as an example. Like, the AI's false or not damaging probability score is 0 .8037, while its true popular, while its true or damaging probability score is something else. Now, some of the older tools could not tell the difference between a malicious edit and an honest error. And it says another key plus delivered by this is that it will help avoid turning off newbies who sincerely want to participate. According to the blog, we hope to pave the way for experimentation with new tools and processes uh, that are both efficient and welcoming to new editors. So, I don't know. It doesn't seem to say exactly how it can tell if you're lying, but I just think that the idea of a... Uh, like, I don't think... I never came across too many edits in Wikipedia that would demand this, but then again, I'm not running the thing, so... Uh, have any of you come across any particularly juicy Wikipedia vandalizations? Nope. I don't even didn't, look for um, anything like that personally. Didn't um, the most entertaining Wikipedia article I've ever read, by the way, is the uh, and I don't know if I'm allowed to say this on this podcast is the Wikipedia article for the word fuck. <laughs> oh, you could definitely say that on this podcast. It is uh, there is like a hundred million. <laughs> <laughs> like ways to use that word in a sentence and uh most of them are hilarious on the <laughs> wikipedia page i don't know if they still have it that way but that was uh, a diversion for one fun evening 
does it back does, in the day does it ever cite the um I remember when the uh when I first got the internet one of the uh, first comedy mp3s I got was called uh the usage of fuck and it just shows like it can be used as an interrogative what the fuck it can be used as it can be used as emphatic I remember uh, fuck. that it can be used as a verb a John yeah. John fucked early it can be used it can be used to denote fraud I got fucked at the used car lot yeah <laughs> I remember that actually. I I think I had that too. That was pretty funny. Or I watched a YouTube video or something with that in it. That's pretty I'm pretty funny. sure that uh, for real though. I'm pretty sure that Stephen Colbert, the uh, talk show host, uh, a few years ago, he like sent his viewers and minions off to go edit the Wikipedia page for either himself or something else, and uh, try to get it to stay there. To like oh, and he, and then like the next broadcast, he showed it up like oh, it's fact now, you know. <laughs> I've changed it, therefore it is it's on Wikipedia. You know, yeah, the most prominent one that uh, I saw was uh, Weird Al, where for uh, doing white and nerdy, because uh, well, he's a a quick cutaway is so like in his uh, verses, like I copy right on my media, I edit Wikipedia, and it shows him mm -hmm. doing that, but he's editing the Atlantic Records, uh, the Atlantic uh, Universal. A web page, and it's just big blue letters. You suck. That's <laughs> and that's because uh, he wasn't allowed to include his take on uh, James Blunt's "You're Beautiful" to "You're Pitiful." I he was able. That. He was able to record the song, but he wasn't able to release it on the album because Atlantic Records refused. Even though James Blunt was just like, "Yes, you can do this." What I, are you talking about? I, that's on the album. No, it's not. It totally is. I downloaded the album. It was on there. He 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 came. He later released an album called uh, uh, like uh, Internet Leaks or something. It was like five singles, but they weren't on his uh, run. Uh, no, it wasn't running with scissors. Uh, the uh, follow up to that, his major album could not have that on it. So he released a bunch of singles online and uh, put out a, a digital EP. So that's hmm. the one you've got. But he wasn't able to put it on the record, so just as a quick joke, he put down "you suck" on the uh, in the video. But this led to thousands of uh, close personal friends of Al to just vandalize the ever-loving shit out of the Atlantic Records w Wikipedia, and they had to lock it because people were just kept altering it to "you suck." So uh, I can kind of see why they would need this software. Because, you know, sometimes people are jerks. Sure. So, back to me. I... <laughs> back to you. <laughs> well, I, I'll regale you with a tale about uh, something like this. So this kind of reminds me of um, back in high school, I had, uh, you know, some classmates and friends and whatnot that wouldn't study their homework. And instead of submitting the teacher when they had to turn the paper that, hey, I just didn't read the book, you know, or they try to fill out a quiz and they didn't redo the assignment before. They try to just fluff it. So <laughs> I remember that I had a, one teacher who would read some of these responses out loud from people that clearly did not read it. And um, well, there was a, some, some short story about uh, this farmer trying to protect his crops from this like wave of ants. And um, the, the quiz question was, like, how did the farmer <laughs> keep the ants away from his crops? And one kid answered, he swatted them away with his 10-foot-long meat. Oh, my God. 
and he's like read this out loud in class and like <laughs> and the kid's like face just got so red oh <laughs> okay so uh yeah i just i just forgot that i said the last article so i thought that it was back to my turn <laughs> sorry about that uh, no worries. i believe it's your turn again ben so uh do you have a second article i do um so there's been there was an article last couple of weeks and a new one this week, um, but I just wanted to check with you guys. So remember you talked about bu- possibly buying either an Xbox One or a PlayStation Four. How important to you is backwards compatibility? Uh, it would have been good for me if it played like old Xbox games or uh, something, but uh, I original or three sixty. Uh, original since I've got my 360 and what I'm doing is I'm renting all the 360 games I ever want to try and then I'm going to get a PlayStation 4 so the Xbox One's uh, place uh, backwards compatibility isn't a factor for me because I'm taking the cheap way out by mm. the time it uh, by the time I get to it it should be a little bit cheaper and uh, then it should uh, well either way that's me what about you Rich? Um, backwards compatibility is, I mean, I would definitely prefer it, but by the time I can afford a new console, I won't really care about all of the old games because by the time I can afford to buy a PS4 or an Xbox 360, like by the time I'm like, I'm, I'm basically, I I do it every generation now. Um, I wait for them to, to drop in price because I used to be the guy that would go out like I bought the original Xbox when it first came out uh, mm-hmm. within two months of its release or a month of its release. I was the first person in my neighborhood to get it. And I paid, I actually had to borrow the money from my grandmother at the time and <laughs> promise yeah. I would pay her back within two months. And so the console one controller halo and uh, rally sport, which is one of my favorite racing games ever to this day um, cost me 600 and $47 or something. Oh, Lordy. And then when the Wii came out, and do you guys remember when it got sold out completely? Oh, yeah. I went online on eBay and bought one on eBay. So when it first came out, it was, what was it, $299? Mm-hmm. I think it was when it first came out. I ended up paying $530 on eBay to get this console before <laughs> anybody I knew. Oh, you, you, wow. <laughs> you just love paying more. Wow. You're you're like the anti Jew. You always you only pay above retail. Well, I had a lot of money back when I was younger, and uh, or at least and I thought no, no I responsibilities was... with the rest of my money. I should say, right? And I thought so, I was an idiot for sitting outside starting at six in the morning on a Sunday to buy one in a Circuit City. <laughs> yeah, I, I've There's always, always tried someone to better early adopter. So, but uh, backwards compatibility is certainly a good thing. But I mean, by the time I get around. You know, because I'm not going to buy an Xbox One or a PS4 until they're probably $299, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm starting to think about buying a Wii U just because of how cheap it's getting. I don't even want it. I don't even think about really the games that are on there. But I know the Xbox One has some backwards compatibility mm-hmm. with some Xbox 360 games. And they obviously both have quote-unquote backwards compatibility um, through emulation, through their online stores. So, I mean, it all depends on whether you're talking physical. I would prefer physical backwards compatibility just right. because that way I can get it much cheaper because I don't want to pay $9.99 for, you know, a game that came out on the Xbox 360 seven years ago. 
You know, that just seems ridiculous when I could probably go out to Microplay and pick it up for $2. And I would love to be able to rent a PlayStation 3 game and just pop it in a PlayStation 4. By the time I get around to it, because I've got like 70 Xbox 360 games to beat before (laughs) I'm done. So by the time I'm ready, the PlayStation 5 will probably be announced and there'll probably definitely be all kinds of backwards compatibility for the PlayStation 4. Doubtful. So, so, yeah, for Microsoft, uh, so, and this is over the summer, as you, as you said, they announced, as it was a surprise, at E3, they announced backwards <laughs> compatibility on the Xbox One mm-hmm. for Xbox 360 games for, I think, over 100 titles, and they're continually adding uh, new titles. And what that yeah. means is that you can put in your disc from the Xbox 360, and I believe it downloads a digital copy of the game to your uh uh, local Xbox One, oh. and then it runs it in an emulation mode at that point. So it doesn't, so it doesn't spin off the disc directly. I don't think. It's just using the disc as an unlock code to make sure that you right. own it, basically. That's so, actually really interesting. That's that's fair. Yeah, it's it's a really nice feature. They just came out with it. A, Unless a you don't have internet, ago. in which case you're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, yeah, I would hope you have your 360 still, I guess. You're a gamer. But, um, According to our research, you always have internet all the time. <laughs> our market research is flawless. Enough bandwidth then, because you know when you start downloading games, like if you, if so, Mike, you've got seventy five games left. If you went out and bought an Xbox One today and you started trying to play those seventy five games, each Xbox One game disc holds up to what seven to nine gigabytes. No, more than that, wasn't it? That was the original Xbox. Yeah, I know that the... So 360 uh, is probably like 18 or something, I'm sure, because I know that that's what the PlayStation 3 was, right? So each game is going to be, you know, probably on average 10 gigs. So 75 games, you're looking at seven, like almost a terabyte worth of data, at least. (laughs) I've got... The funny thing is I just upgraded my Rogers uh, because, like, for some reason I kept downloading over the limit. I don't know why probably because of all the comics and stuff but anyway the uh the point is i upgraded my uh, bandwidth to now officially unlimited but now the problem is that i have an xbox 360 not an xbox whatever so my hard drive is like uh like 10 gigs so i can install like one game on it (laughs) oh my god (laughs) well yeah it came with it's the same hard drive it came with none of those extra well, at least the, if you wanted to go out and get a new one, they're cheap. But anyway, uh, Ben, what 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 else is going along with this article here? So anyway, tangent. That wasn't the, that wasn't the point. <laughs> of the article. That was some background on the uh, on the Xbox One's strategy. So everyone's looking at Sony now, going, "All right, you know, uh, Microsoft's shown their hand and they're supporting backwards compatibility. What about you guys?" And Jack they've always, or... yeah, yeah. They, their solution has been, "Well, we have this." PS Now service, which will stream the games from our servers to your local PlayStation 4, and it has a very limited uh, number of titles, and it's not the same as buying a game and owning it. It's it's a rental service, and it's like an on-demand rental service. So you can pay like uh, I don't know, it's three dollars for like a couple hours of gameplay, or you can do the unlimited pass for like thirty dollars a month or something crazy like that. But you have to have a really High-speed internet connection, constant internet connection, because the latency uh, obviously is is uh, critical to making sure, that, especially in a shooter game, to making sure you can actually play the game, right? So uh, everyone's coming looking at Sony, and um, what okay. someone discovered was that in the latest 
Battlefront, Star Wars Battlefront game that just came out. Um, the special edition comes with some codes to download some PlayStation 2 games. And uh, people that have downloaded it are like, hey, this is, they didn't like remake the game. Like there's, this is a, a, like running an emulation mode, essentially. Mm-hmm. Right? Like it's a PlayStation 2 game, but it's like upscaled and whatnot. So here's the latest information on that discovery since Sony has still not really said anything about their backwards compatibility. Dark Cloud, so the game Dark Cloud, leaked for backward compatibility on PlayStation 4. PS2 discs not supported. So Dark Cloud, the action role-playing game from level 5, will one day be playable on PlayStation 4 via PlayStation 2 backwards compatibility, according to a video leaked earlier today uh, from the official Sony PlayStation Europe YouTube channel. Uh, Sony has since taken down the video, but a screenshot of the clip's description appears to show that a PlayStation 4 would upscale PS2 games to 1080p resolution. Other additions delivered would be uh, PlayStation Network trophies, support for share play, remote play, and second screen features via the the, the Vita or the PlayStation mobile app. So that's the good news, bad news, basically. (laughs) If If anybody can find their Vitas underneath all the dust... (laughs) <laughs> I know where mine is. <laughs> yeah, in a trunk somewhere in your garage. It's in my dress. Underneath room. your Atari Lynx. <laughs> Whatever. That is it's a wonderful handheld. It really I is. just got a PSP, so I can't really I can't oh, say wow. much. I, I, I like to stay a generation behind. I got the PSP, three game cases, eighteen games, and seven movies for forty bucks. That's a pretty good deal. So, like, really, and I got a special edition version of it, too. I got the, I think it's the 3000, and it's, like, red and black. Oh. So, special. You know, now I just got to get myself a PS3 so that I can, you know, game, like, five years ago. Woo! <laughs> and awesome. this is why I deserve a tech podcast, people. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay. Rich, do you have another article? Uh, I do. Uh, Mike, I thought this one might actually interest you because it involves stand-up comedy. Sweet. So in uh, our first um, convergence of uh, technology and stand-up comedy um, on this show, Dave Chappelle... You you don't count. (laughs) Dave Dave Chappelle... He needs to bring me back to Earth after that little fan... After that fan praise and I was getting crunk and he's just like, mm, okay, I got to put a pin in this. Yeah, we got, <laughs> we got to keep you down to earth. Yeah, exactly. Don't let your, your ego get too bloated there. Don't get a big <laughs> head. You're, you're no Jay-Z yet. I have enough problems with hats already. I don't need a bigger head. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, Dave Chappelle has made a deal with a company called Yonder. I, bl- I bl- that look. I, I think that's how it's pronounced. Kind of Y O N D R. I'm guessing that's pronounced Yonder. Um, have either of you guys uh, heard of this company, Yonder? Nope. So what Yonder does is they create no phone zones. Uh, so they sell or rent, lease, uh, or whatever. Uh, basically, cell phone pouches that you put your phone in. Um, that they can then lock. So uh, Dave Chappelle has now made a deal with them for 13 shows in Chicago that he's doing over the course of the next couple of weeks, um, or by the time you hear this, for the next week. 
<laughs> uh, and basically what happens, so when you go in, you give them your ticket, and they ask you to take your cell phone out of your pocket. They hand you one of these cases that come in three different sizes for different sized phones. Uh, you put your phone in it. They close it. And then once you pass a certain area um, that is geofenced, the case automatically locks. Um, I'm not sure how it does this because uh, when I looked at the picture of it, it looked like just kind of a, a, a foam, like... Uh, you guys ever seen those uh, those water bottle holders that people used to wear when they would go out running and it was kind of like this stretchy, almost like what you put your, your beer in uh, beer outside? Koozie. Yeah, kind of like that material. It seems very much like that, but a little bit thicker. Um, and and it's, so it's geofenced. So you go in the theater or or whatever and your phone is locked down. You can't touch it. You can't get into it or anything. You can't open it. Until you leave again, people who say no or attempt to take their phones out or manage to get it out um, in the theater are immediately escorted out of the premises. Um, so this basically gives uh, the artist performing a a more one on one interactive uh, experience with the um, audience or consumer. Uh, to the point that obviously they can't use their cell phone, so they're not going to be distracted from your Broadway show, from your stand-up routine, from your movie, uh, from your Q and A session, whatever it is. They're not going to be distracted, so that it, it you know helps the interaction process there, right? And also, and this is where Dave Chappelle uh, came into this uh, deal was um, he's doing it to prevent filming uh, of his shows and live streaming so apparently it's become a a thing people are starting to use periscope for filming live concerts uh comedy shows movies and live streaming them online on periscope for free so i i think this is uh pretty cool in a, in a certain sense i mean i'm i'm definitely uh, <clears throat> not one of those people <laughs> who would ever go online and try and watch a, a live stream feed of, of anything I haven't officially paid for. I would definitely never do that. I'm not, I'm not that type of person, but um, if I were that type of person, I wouldn't like this. Um, however, it, I can definitely see it from the uh, artist's perspective. And this is, this is a pretty cool way to, to stop things like this from happening. Um, Mike, I definitely want to get your opinion on this since you're a, uh, a fledgling in the uh, stand-up comedy arena uh, the gladiatorial arena that is stand-up comedy. So uh, what are your thoughts? Well, my first thought is I bet Michael Richards was just really kicking himself that this wasn't around. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Good I Lord. Mean, like, I mean, like, then people could just say, he said all this shit, and he could be like, no, no I didn't prove it. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. I didn't. You did. Denied, you denied, did. Denied. Yeah. Yeah, that's, the, that's my first thought. My second thought, uh, well, I'm a fledgling comic which means i want people finding my stuff and spreading it around and talking about me but uh if i became like uh more dependent on a uh, national level of you know people not wanting to hear my stuff i could definitely see the value in keeping all this stuff confidential plus as a uh, comedian sometimes you bomb sometimes you just eat a big steaming log on stage it happens i've seen like four or five year veterans in the game like they haven't left town but they're on the verge of like going on tour and uh you know sometimes they get bad nights 
and like you don't want that stuff getting around because you don't want like videos of you not looking too good mm-hmm. especially if people especially if people like how many jobs try to uh, look you up on Facebook first to see if there's any uh, embarrassing footage or whatever and uh, you know the first that an agent that a talent agency would look for you on and just see you like not getting laughs they'd be like why the frig would I want to invest in this clown I knew so, that guy in the third row wasn't taping me from my good side <laughs> so it saves uh, it would save a lot of face for comics especially like even A if the crowd's just not into your material two it's new material or three you're just trying to try a new attitude or a persona that just uh, isn't fully formed it's not going to fly you would just you would want that shit to stay in the room just like yeah. okay, like I, I was freaking embarrassing. I've learned my lesson, or I can make this better next time. You don't want people to see things before they're finished, and they don't. You don't like, like nobody ever shows an episode of Glee where they spend like four hours practicing the damn song. They just nail it on the first shot. Apparently, nobody wants to see practice, hmm. and that's a that's a fantastic thing for uh, performers, venues, uh, like anybody engaging with the public. Like, it's not just marketing, like, keeping my shit private so that I can, like, make money on top of my already multi-millions. It's, uh, you know, as a comic, you just don't want people to see you eating crap. Especially if uh, you've got good jokes, but they're just not uh, fully sculpted yet. I can see it uh, helping, too, in in the sense of uh, being able to repeat yourself a little more often without getting stale so quickly, right? Because if your shows are being streamed online and uploaded to YouTube or 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 RedTube or whatever it is, if you got then... a show on Red, if your <laughs> Red shows Tube. are on RedTube, I need an invitation to these things, <laughs> at, at least as a spectator. I just think that it would make it a lot easier that you know you wouldn't have to come up with so many new jokes quite as often necessarily on a tour. Uh, you know, because you're, you, it's not being spread as wide. So, you know, people who are like, oh, I'm going to see him next week. I'm going to look him up online. And if they see last week's show and online and then all of a sudden you come and the, you, you have the exact same set because you're like, oh, you know, I'm yeah. not on yeah, you you know, ex- you Comedy ex- Channel. Yeah, you would so. expect a new town to not have heard your jokes from last exactly, week. Exactly, exactly. But I find the most interesting part about this myself is the fact that people are live streaming crap on on Periscope? I've never used Periscope before, but uh, I could tell you right now, I'm going to be going on Periscope later and see what I can watch for free. I wonder. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if anybody has Periscope like something frisky. Yes, probably <laughs> someone has. Of course, the, that's that's usually the first thing that people do with new technology. No, porn, yeah, porn drives some, uh, new technology. There was some football player, like a National Football League guy, that uh, apparently was. Uh, live streaming his uh strip club visits <laughs> like he spent a full day going to various strip clubs in like miami and he was like periscoping the entire thing <laughs> what would incriminating evidence up in this piece <laughs> yeah really yeah. honey I, where did you where did you go oh i just went to billy's no you didn't i've been watching your periscope feed motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> now now tune in next week on periscope where you can see me visiting the divorce attorney yeah. yeah, exactly. Eh? I can I can show all your fans your name getting signed on a piece of paper. <laughs> next next week on the live show, my now ex wife throws stuff at me <laughs> while I beg her to let me stay. <laughs> well, at least Periscope is so we can watch. Yeah. 
Well, the irony of the of the story is that uh, I actually tried to go see Dave Chappelle about a year and a half ago, and uh, I went to the concert with a buddy of mine. I carpooled with him, and uh, he was like the the headlining act of this like comedy festival. And it's like this huge venue with thousands and thousands of people. It was outside, you know, we're back on like the grass way up high. And we uh, you know, barely see the performers up there. Well, it was like a Sunday night. It was like 11 o'clock and he had to go because he had to get his kids or something like that. So we left but before we could How even see Dave he? Chappelle, <laughs> right? Before Dave Chappelle came on stage, we had to go and I didn't get to see him. And that's the only oh, I reason you meant I went Dave there. Chappelle had to go because he had No, kids. not him. The, <laughs> guy, the guy I carpooled with. Okay. Why did you have to go? The guy I carpooled with, he had to go like pick up his kids oh. or something. I don't know why he's picking up at 11 o'clock at night on Sunday. Uh, pff, don't ask me. Anyways, so we, I, we left and I didn't get to see Dave Chappelle. It was the whole reason I went there, right? Hmm. So when I get home, I'm like, you know, I bet someone's recorded the audio from one of his shows. So if I want to hear his act that I missed and I paid for, I should go online and find it. Sure enough, found someone that had recorded it and I was able to listen to his set. But you paid for it, right? So I did least, pay for it, yeah. So at least you deserved it. I did. I did. I did. But yeah, Dave, Dave Chappelle, he, there was some article about, uh, I think it was in San Francisco, where someone in like the front row was just like had their phone on him the whole for like 20, 25 minutes recording him. He can see And he you. stopped the show. Well, he just stopped the show and he sat there and looked at him for like 25 minutes. It was like totally awkward, I guess. I will make your phone battery run up before I continue this motherfucker. Yeah, he's just got a thing about <laughs> being recorded. So, okay, well, I think we've got uh, time for one more article. So I'll close out the uh, the show. How many times have you seen? Uh, well, how many robots have we talked about on this show? I think there's a uh, well, so far just the one, right? <laughs> that uh, that Japanese robot, the one that can dance better than all the people that brought it to the party. <laughs> oh yes, the, the the phone robot. Robohan. Yeah. Yeah, Robohan. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> well, now there's another robot to talk about called the uh the Now. N A O. Now, people at the Ro Human Robot Interaction Laboratory, this is a thing apparently, at Tufts University, they had made a video last year of uh the robot shown in a natural program ba language based interaction and the cool thing about this is that you can command the robot to take some steps forward and it will but now they've programmed it to actually reject orders that will result in harm to itself and this guy puts it on the table tells it to walk forward it takes a few steps and uh, he tells it to walk forward again and it says i cannot do that there is no support ahead and he says i'm sorry and i he's, can't do that dave <laughs> Screw you, I was going to do Creepy. that. <laughs> but it says, but it is unsafe. And then, the re and then the man says, I will catch you. And then the robot says, okay. And proceeds to walk off the table, trusting that the human will catch it. And did the human catch it? Of course he did. This isn't Charlie Brown in the football. Well, I was just, because if he didn't, then we could be dealing with some Skynet type shit coming up. Well, no. Right. That, Maybe that that's what started it. Yeah, does no. it learn to not trust humans and then figure out where the problem? Yeah, that's why this guy's obviously doing the right thing and treating his toy mm. just like I did after I saw Child's Play. I treated all my toys with respect and kindness just in case they ever gained sentience and they would know not to kill me. Okay, so this now I, robot. I saw, I saw Child's Play way too young is what I'm saying. 
this robot, does he have like lights all over his head and stuff? Uh, I think he's got like, like his eyes light up and is his, what would, where would his ears be? They, they look almost like speakers with like yep, you've lights seen it. around it. And yeah. Yep. Okay. I'm watching a video of it right now and it's doing the Gangnam style dance. Yeah, and, and it's actually fairly entertaining. It's dancing with a, a couple spheros and with some other robots, yeah. and its eyes are spinning like it's the freaking devil. It's kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he's also so if you like... want to freak out your family, get it now. <laughs> I, it. And and now it's like humping in the air. <laughs> are you sure you want? Is this on Red Tube? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, do it, do it now. Oh my god, this is hilarious. This is a cool little robot. Yep, so uh yep, so this guy managed to tell it convince it to reject orders. And uh another one says like he puts a, a bunch of paper, a bunch of uh cups in front of it and it refuses to because it it just like uh it just sees like it just sees cups and it says there is an obstacle ahead. So, it's neat that they've got Instead of training a machine to follow orders, now they've trained a machine to refuse orders. Mm. Hmm. They're very dangerous. <laughs> well, especially if it refu- if it uh, can be convinced to, you know, what is it the the five robotic codes or the yeah the, the three, yeah the robotic laws of Isaac uh, Asimov. I, I, yeah, Isaac Asimov. The uh, don't kill humans, don't harm humans, and don't touch humans. Or yeah. something like that. Well, it's basically, uh, it's uh, don't harm humans. Don't t- yeah. Don't t- don't do an action that will harm a human, and don't cause inaction. Like don't uh, yeah. Don't allow a human to come to harm through inaction, and then finally don't uh, don't cause an action that would bring harm to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if if somebody can convince it, you know, to disobey those, then that would not be a good thing for sure. Yep. So it looks like we're uh, we're all done with this. Uh, well, this has been a uh, very good episode. Glad to have my two hosts along with me. So it's like a triumvirate of of awesome hosting goodness. For yeah, you're just the... feeling right at home, eh? Oh, damn right. You get to, if we talked a little bit in Nintendo, you could have taken an extra day off this week. <laughs> uh, you could take a sick day, get well, paid. I did spend today uh, brief uh, taking notes for the next issue of Nintendo Power Magazine, so we'll have some uh, goodness for our crossover fan, hopefully one of many in the uh, near future. All one of them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least somebody's listening. Well, that's very good thing. So, uh, Mike Stewart, hope you enjoyed this episode. And... Uh, <laughs> so, this one's for you, buddy. <laughs> so, so maybe you can just uh, spread this around to your friends, and uh, you know you're obviously a good fan. Uh, we love what you, uh, you know, spread spread that enthusiasm. Oh, just kiss his ass a little more, why don't you? Jesus I was Christ! Say spread your legs for him while you're at it. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. come on. At least kiss his neck if you're gonna do that stuff. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, uh, Ben, where can they find you? They can. You guys can find me on the uh, Playing with Power podcast, hosted by 
yourself, Mike, and me, Ben, a retrospective on Nintendo Power Magazine starting back from the first one in July of 1988. So you can find us on Facebook at Playing With Power Podcast. And you can also find us on Twitter at GetThePower88. That's uh, our Twitter. And uh, our Gmail is PlayingWithPowerPodcast at gmail.com. The Facebook is Playing With Power. That's where you can also find me. That's uh, where... Yeah. And that's... (laughs) (laughs) And you are... (laughs) I am Mike. You can find me hosting this show as I'm well broad. as as well as the other no show. <laughs> I am Mike. <laughs> so you can find me uh, hosting this show as well as hosting the other show, the aforementioned one. And Rich, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on the playing with. Oh wait, never mind. Uh, no, you can... <laughs> hey, maybe this... maybe maybe we can run a guest episode. I can give you a uh, an issue, and <laughs> yeah. uh, we can have your. Uh, we can bring your insights. Just make this thing one big, happy little family. <laughs> um, you can find me on this show um, every uh, two weeks, pretty much, is uh, seems to be our regular release schedule now, um, as well as, uh, I guess, occasionally on the uh, Facebook groups, uh, ever so occasionally on uh, Twitter. Um, I would like to say if there are any... Uh, listeners out there who have any suggestions uh, for news stories, uh, things you want our reactions to, things that kind of made you step back and and, and think about uh, technology for the future and you wanted to get our insight on it, please feel free to post it to the Geek Fallout Productions uh, Facebook page and uh, we'll talk about it on a future episode. Other than that, uh, check out the Atomic Geeks Podcasting Network, which we are a, a part of. Uh, for other lovely podcasts such as uh, Nerd Lunch, The Atomic Geeks, um, uh, Geek Fallout, Random Nerdness Season 3, and many, many more. Yep, and uh, hopefully we'll have a uh, future episode where we can discuss the uh, uh, certain awesome movie coming out soon. No, yes. No spoilers. No spoilers. Yes, that shall be fun. Okay, and uh, you've been listening to the Techno Power Podcast. <laughs> okay, playing with technology. <laughs> yeah, you're listening to the Power Babble Podcast, and this is uh, this Ooh. is Mike and Rich and Ben signing off. And it is now safe to turn off your device. You have a new message. Sweet. All right. right. Awesome, guys. Got it. Has Ben, has has Mike ever told you that you sound like a white, nerdy Barry White on on the podcast? I do. That's awesome. That's a really good compliment. You you, you. could talk talk a little slower. You could be like a a nice, like a Barry White thing going on. (laughs) Oh, here's my. Oh, baby. My darling, I can't get enough of your love, love, baby. (laughs) I don't know, I don't know why. Why did I have to stop the recorder? I still have mine on. (laughs)